Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast reminds you it's hip to be square. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to our most action-packed episode yet. It's Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 on Normies Like Us. This intro will self-destruct in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... You heard it up top, and you're listening to this podcast because you chose to, you accepted the mission, and we're excited to talk to you about that mission today because we're talking about the one, the only, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one here on Normies Like Us with your hosts, uh, Call Luther, Colin Luther. I just sit in the chair. I don't move anymore. Call Luther, I'll be um, Mike G. Cause- Mike G. I'm in a different kind of chair. (laughs) And this is your team captain, Jacob Hunt. Yeah. The greatest spy that's ever lived. Uh Uh-huh. James Bond, get out of here. Uh, Jack Bauer, get out of here. It's Ethan Hunt. The hunt is back on, uh, you know, and I reckon uh, the Dead Reckoning part one, that's what we're talking about. But Hell yeah. Jacob, you're what? so mature yet sexless now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime they pair me with a, a female actor, it's, it's a little weird, but, you know. Very you gentle. Know. <laughs> the yeah. second movie he figured I Go should probably dial it back. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Um, speaking of Mission Impossible 2, uh, two, two Mission 2 Impossible, um, what's our history? We've never talked about Mission Impossible really as a franchise Is that true? on this. We've never done a retrospective. Uh, we might have wow. mentioned Fallout. I would have to double Maybe check. Maybe in a watch uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, sure. Uh, never dedicated. Yeah. And uh, no. honestly, and I'll kick it to you guys, I, I, I had fallen off the franchise heavily mm. until Fallout. And I really enjoyed Fallout. So I watched Mission Impossible 2, thought it was bad. Skipped three, four, five, or whatever. Yeah. And then Fallout is six, right? So yes. then I watched Fallout, really liked it. And then I was really ready for this movie. But then after it, uh, based on your recommendation, you know, I enjoyed it. Spoiler, we'll get into it. But I ended mm-hmm. up watching every one that I hadn't seen in wow. the last two days. Amazing. So I've gone back. I'm a little confused because I jumped around. I didn't do it in order. But I did watch <laughs> all the ones that I missed. <laughs> so you watched yeah, three. Yeah, fast. The fairies jumbled together in your brain. Yeah. yeah, I watched four, five, three. And then I went back and watched one and two today. So we've been all over wow. and we haven't rewatched Fallout. Wow. But so you watched did, all of them. I've been crazy about it ever since I saw it, I guess. I want to jump up on a well, couch, you know, about it. Well, so, <laughs> Mike, I'm happy to hear that. So hold on, though. Why the lapse, if we can investigate? What uh, What do you think made you fall off from the franchise? I think just two being goofy. Like, too much. Two it was, was a little yeah. mission too much. Yeah. Two is very interesting. Um, I, I mean, I like John Woo into, and stuff, but yeah, you, yeah, where's your history at? Where, where did we get into rewatch? Because I did also, I did a full rewatch. My uh, God. Team of Captain. The series. I spent about two weeks, you know, I had two weeks preparation. I was like, all right, about two weeks, we're going to be talking about Dead Reckoning. So I'm going to start rewatching these. I think I convinced you, Mike, to rewatch some of the other ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I went back and rewatched them from the beginning. And uh, it is kind of a weird franchise because the first three 
are all very different from each other. Different directors, different kind of creative visions. And then four comes along. Four is kind of similar to three, but it kind of rejuvenates the whole franchise. And then from five on, it's been the same director, Christopher McQuarrie, right? And yeah. uh, they've had a and more we're talking... consistent, you know, aesthetic and, and sort of theming, right? Right. So four, it, correct me if I'm wrong, that's Ghost Protocol. Then we have Rogue Nation, then Fallout, and now Dead Reckoning. This is kind of the that's new right. era. Let's say the new Mission Impossible era, phase two, if it were. Yeah. And that's when they kind of solidified the lore. You know, every movie, they're kind of adding characters. Benji, Ilsa Faust, Luther from the beginning. Um, yeah. And now they're kind of become the... Uh, the Toretto family of Ethan Hunt, if you will. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think you're right. Like, it does feel a lot more cohesive when I went back and watched those. I do like kind of from four on, I, I think that's a really solid, and one through three yeah. have their moments, but man, from four on, it's like a fucking damn good franchise. I'll venture as far as yeah. to say before I throw to Colin. I mentioned that I think Scream is maybe not the best, but the most consistent horror franchise. This is mm -hmm. probably the most consistent action franchise. So... It really uh, is if you think about, yeah. you know, if you compare it to something like James Bond, there's been some clunkers uh, in all different eras of James Bond. In in Mission Impossible, really, two, I think, is the worst one. And it's but still it's not kind terrible. Of, it's weird and it has its moments and, and things to like about it. So, yeah, yeah, I still think the first one is is a is a real banger, you know. Brian, oh, Brian De, Palma. De Palma masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, Dutch It's a really good paranoid spy thriller. Yeah, but what do you think? And again, from the TV show, it was already 30 years old when they made the first yes. movie. Now we're 30 right. years into this franchise. Pretty wild. But Colin, bring us up to speed. Jesus. Oh, not and to mention Tom Cruise joke. Speed, bring us up to speed. <laughs> yeah, I'm running right now real fast, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just even saying the TV show, it's like there's so many angles to literally yeah. attack this from. But to jump back to what you said, you know, consistency, blah, blah, blah. If Jacob was like... We're going to do a Jason Bourne podcast, right? I would be like angry and upset. Like <laughs> Mission Impossible is the normie action franchise. It's mm. the coolest. I'm super upset to hear we've never talked about it before. This would be a great one to do our long form series studies on, right? I'm not opposed to revisiting it at some point. I well, think it's I did just cool. rewatch them all, but... I'm not opposed to doing it again. Well, we'll possibly. wait till Dead Reckoning That's 2 is coming out next year and we can yeah. do it all. Yeah, uh, we could. We I could. Say, yeah. Here's the thing. I got to learn to hold my breath for six minutes for a year anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's <laughs> In the order thing. to John record. John Wick, uh, if you want to compare it to John Wick, that's also yes. a consistent uh, action mm -hmm. franchise. Totally. But less installments, so less chances to totally. kind of mess, mess it, up. it up. True, yeah. true. There's yeah. a contender happening, but I think right now, as it stands, Mission Impossible probably most consistent, especially on the rewatch, because the level of stunts and skills and, and you know, I, I would say, you know, before we jump into Dead Reckoning, I wanted to ask you guys, like, what do you think are the elements to a Mission Impossible movie? Mm. Oh, man. What makes a Mission That's Impossible movie? That's such a great question. That's yeah. such a great question. I yeah. would say, again, go it's alternate. very varied. If you yeah, let's throw an element. We'll go around. Yeah. Right. Jacob. You gotta have you gotta have missions. You gotta have masks. Oh, masks, definitely masks. Weird Hold on, those missions yeah. have to be impossible. Yeah. They have to be impossible. You have to accept them. The uh, message has to self-destruct. The mask um, is a big part for a couple of movies. They went away from the mask. Out. I'm glad yeah. they come back to the mask a little bit in this one, which we will talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but that was always a big part of the franchise. The technological gadgets that they use, like the elaborateness of the the, the plots is is usually an element in these right yeah. yes and colin do you have a short list i have a couple things written down i too. 
I just have the one big addition I want to cherry on top of everything Jacob said, and I'm sure what you're going to add as well, Mike, and just say, to me, of course, the staple of Mission Impossible as a franchise is the weird marketing gimmick that Tom Cruise himself, I guess a human being, a man, I'm told that's (laughs) Mm -hmm. what he is, will sit in front of a camera for every one of them and say, hi, how are you? I'm Tom Cruise. I I don't know if you know this, but... The new Mission Impossible movie is coming out. I just want to show you what I did this time to make yeah. it worth your time to see this film and the, the weird publicity stunt. of a stunt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's really leaned into that later in his career of like yes. wanting to do his own stunts, topping himself each movie. And that even started really with the second one where he's free climbing at the beginning. Right. And mm-hmm. there's stories of like John Woo being like freaking out because he wasn't using like proper safety ropes right. and stuff so it was just tom cruise literally just free climbing and they're like you can't do that like that's i mean it, it, when you watch the outsiders one of his early roles he just straight up backflips <laughs> off a car and i can't help but think that's an improv he's just like i could do that yeah. <laughs> i wanted to ask you mike about just him as a man and him as a background and yeah. stuff those types of films outsiders what's the what's the one where he slides up where he's jerry like mcguire the, risky the naked business. guy Jerry McGuire, Jerry McGuire. Risky, Risky Business is, of course, the one. Yes, Labyrinth. Yeah. What? What was this guy? Oh, you mean um, we get into this movie? Was Legend, he? Have you seen all these Legend. things? Or the yes, great I'm Ridley sorry. Scott movie. Legend. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry, I did mean Legend. Thank you so much for correcting yes. me. Yes. Jennifer Connelly and Tom Cruise. I get confused. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was in Alita. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey, they um, date in Maverick. So <laughs> you know what? Fair. fair. Totally fair. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, the crazy stunts, wanting up himself. And then I think another yeah. big theme of the Mission Impossible movies is the double crosses and twists. Right. Yeah. Uh, which usually, a lot of times also go hand in hand with the mask where someone is not who you think they are. They pull their face off and there's somebody else. Yeah. A big um, reveal. A big. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Double, triple crosses. Or like in Fallout, I mean, there's the rare quadruple cross, right? I thought sure. Fallout. We'll get to Dead Reckoning soon yeah. enough, but we should get some of this out of the way. I was, that was like. When I first saw that, I'm like, this is the most crazy double, triple cross spy shit. Yes. Like, I thought it was kind of ridiculous, but I was like, that's, that's incredible nuts. that they did it. Um, I have a short list of other elements I think it that are required. Um, Ethan Hunt must ride a motorcycle. Yes. Uh, he, he must, must run, run very really fast. fast. Yes. He must also, oh, it, it seems, <laughs> run on a cool roof. He loves to run on a cool oh, sure. roof. Um, sure, yeah. And then That's obviously an over the top physical, you know, act of st- stunt work. Uh, yeah. And then jokes Climbing, aside, skydiving, anything. Yeah. yeah. So spectacle. Right. Mm-hmm. But the thing that really makes them work, I think, is tension. They're very effective at escalating the stakes and all their action set pieces. Like think of it like um, remember Die Hard when he jumps off the roof with a fire hose and then yeah. he has to swing into the window and then he's safe. But then it falls off and now it's pulling him out the window and it's always some new wrench getting thrown into the plan. That's yes. how every one of the great set pieces in this franchise is structured. Yeah, and it's really cool. It's like a it's like a um, master class in how you build tension in an action sequence. So wow. I would say well definitely. Done, and uh to give you one example, look at Ghost Protocol, the famous Burj uh, Dubai Burj Khalifa climbing scene when he's got the rope and he's mm-hmm. like has to swing and Jeremy Renner's like, I think your rope's too short. He's like, No shit. Like that's no shit. Ethan Hunt <laughs> and it's like I'm up there and then I lose a glove and then there's a sandstorm and then I like there's always something getting worse, uh, you know, yeah. and, and I think it's really, really good at doing it. It's always that. they always have a, an elaborate plan 
something always goes wrong. They have to improvise and that just adds to the tension because the plan always goes wrong. They have to make something up on the spot too. Yeah. And I think from ghost protocol on like that got really strong. They always had good, like even the first wire scene with the beat of sweat, you know, like they've always had that ability to build tension. So, and a lot of action films aren't good at that. Let's throw it like fast and the furious. I never felt tension building. It's just shit happening. But everything yeah. here, car chases get more, things are evolving. So we'll get into it. But that's my broad mm-hmm. thoughts on rewatching these. And I'm like so in on the franchise. And thanks for kind of that's pointing great. out my yeah. blind spot. Oh, I've yeah, been, dude. yeah, the last two weeks just watching these movies, like getting into this franchise, getting ready for Dead Racking. So I'm glad I was being like nagging you to like watch some of these movies. Yeah. Like, you gotta check out Rogue Nation before this episode. Like you're gonna appreciate it so much more. Um, but I'm in the Mission Impossible zone. I do want to tell one quick story about this yep. franchise that I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast before, but the first Mission Impossible movie, uh, I believe 1996 it came out, mm. um, was my first movie memory of seeing a movie in the movie theater. Right. Uh, Tom Cruise would be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to the theater, saw Mission Impossible 1. I was six years old. Uh, my family, we went and visited my great aunt Jeanette. Uh, who lived in Xenia, Ohio. Um, you know, I lived in, uh, you know, Northeast Ohio. So it's a little bit of a drive down s- South. Oh my um, God, yeah. She lived on this old farmhouse that had like a, I just remember it had a mile long driveway and it, it was on this old farm property, but we went and visited her. Didn't see her very often, but we went and saw mission impossible as something to do for the whole family. Wow. And for, for whatever reason that just stuck in my memory as a little six year old watching Tom Cruise, you know, go down on that rope in the building. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember the train sequence at the end. It just really sticks out for me in my mind. So, you know, this franchising me, we go way back. Wow. I started a drive-in. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. you did? Yep. Mission Impossible hey, 1. I saw the drive-in. Rental. Fair enough. This was, this was yeah, definitely my why... dad vetting it and being like, yeah, we'll watch it. Right. Uh, I, I don't know why show. my family chose this or like, you know, my parents never gave any indication that they were you know, into Mission Impossible or Tom Cruise or anything. They're just like, let's go check out this movie. It's in theaters. So there you go. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in contrast to Indiana Jones, I think we have two similar things. And I, I'm looking forward to diving into this movie with you. But I think one thing that there's a lot of CG and then this franchise, that does a lot of things practical. It's like day and night, I think, in quality of, of experience. So I think uh, now is probably a good time to jump into it. We can ask you guys how you saw it when we get on the other side of this. And we'll dive into the latest installment of the finale, potentially, of the entire series. Dead Reckoning, part one. Should you choose to accept right after this. We're back. Normies like us, bum, 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 bum. We have accepted the mission. Should you choose? <laughs> getting you getting choose? struck. The mission. But, uh, That's right. Um, uh, we accepted the mission. We're talking this great franchise. As always, we're going to talk all of it. We're going to talk history. We're going to talk this one. We're going to talk about how it got made. We're talking Dead Reckoning yep. Part 1 today. But uh, as always, uh, spoilers. Want to hit that mm. early with y'all. Be cool. We always talk about the whole thing. Probably all spoilers, the spoilers. movies, just in case. Yes. You know, yeah. And there's a lot of bases. twists and turns in these. So, yes, a lot to spoil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to be spoiled because we love you like that. Um, 
I do want to, first of all, mention production of this was kind of up and down. I remember there was like COVID pause it for a long time. Then it's like yes. it's filmed internationally. So there's a lot of issues oh. with that. This was um, shot in 2020, I believe, or 2021. This is a COVID movie. We're still getting COVID movies. That's yeah. They're supposed to come out 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because um, I was actually watching and reading some behind the scenes stuff about the making. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of COVID pr- uh, precautions and stuff. And even like Angela Bassett was going to be in this movie. If you remember, she was the CIA. Mm-hmm. And we get a great picture of her. One. Yeah. Yep. Um, but she couldn't because of COVID travel restrictions. She couldn't, ah. um, they couldn't make it work with her schedule and stuff, I guess. So, right. So and some of that might've affected certain story elements overall. I think we're fine, but there was a, a, a um, you know, like there was an audio recording of Tom Cruise flipping out on crew members, you know, like yes, if it happens again, was <laughs> for, not, for them, not wearing that's how masks, long ago it was a good thing to kind of flip out about ah. and be like, Hey. You got to wear a mask on sets. And because he's right. saying, you know, like, th- think about the people who are losing their fucking homes or something like that. It's like, yeah, we're losing jobs because you guys don't follow the rules. So he, he's Can really fired up about quick? the industry. Yeah. Can yeah. I say real quick? These moments now are called Christian Bale moments where literally Hugh Grant will say, like, I had a Christian Bale moment on Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and I yelled at someone. I'm so what a legacy. sorry. And he'll be like, real flippant and silly. Yes. What a legacy. Yeah. I got to say, both these cases. Tom Cruise and Christian Bale. I'm on the side of the guy screaming. So sure. yeah, fuck all y'all. <laughs> do you remember who Christian shit. Bale was yelling at? He was yelling at the guy for moving a light. DP. It was Mick Cheese DP. He was yeah. walking around moving a light during the scene. And he was like, what yeah. are you doing? Stop. You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but uh, the work. yeah, Tom all Cruise the work. loves the movies. He saved the movies and he's not going to let COVID no he gritted it out and he made this thing happen and boy did it happen so good job for the entire cast and crew for keeping it rolling and keeping it safe but uh how did you guys see it uh you know what was what was the circumstance well we went to our normal theater uh our cinemark and uh Mm -hmm. caught a little sunday matinee and uh it was nice enjoyable little uh movie going experience pretty packed mike uh pretty receptive crowd the moment we'll talk about the big stun of this film was completely mm-hmm. silent until one guy in the back just said like, holy shit. And then you could hear like some people like chuckling to it or yeah. whatever. So love mm-hmm. that energy. A lot of chuckles no, throughout, right? No cool popcorn bucket as they typically do at our mm-hmm. uh, Cinemark that we go to or whatever. I guess maybe take that out if we dox ourselves, but maybe not. I don't care. Yeah. Um, but Mike, they have There's one for the Ninja Turtles movie coming up where I was eyeing it and talking to Jacob where I was like, I'm definitely getting that fucking yeah, that looks fucking damn. awesome, dude. I got so, my D and D one to tell you that. Yeah. After I was tried to, to sue Hugh Grant for yelling at me, they gave me it for That's free. Right. So I have my D and D one. Um, um I but I, I go ahead. Yeah. Oh sorry. I was just gonna say there's a lot of chuckles throughout from the audience that yeah. we're with and a lot of it seems like Very a lot of dad life. energy in the in the uh audience, just a lot of dads going, oh, oh. You know, Tom nice. Cruise. Hey, hey, yeah, all right, yeah. Hey, okay, yeah. Maverick. Yeah, okay. Oh, um, shit. That's right. You did very reactions. But how about you, Mike? I, I went to the, the Alamo doxing. Um, I got the Alamo pass, so it cost me a dollar. <laughs> cost me a dollar now to go wow. see a movie for the next month and a half. So I'll be watching Turtles there getting pizza. But yeah, I watched it there. I had the Impossible Burger. That wasn't on the menu. I just wish it oh. was. Um, 
They could have impossible. Well, it'd be the, the impossible uh, meet, meet, right? Yes, that's what they should have done. Uh, hire me. But yeah, it was a it was packed house. Like I could barely get any seats. Like for the matinee on Saturday, like I wanted to go early, so I, you know, just I wanted to. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, full house. People again, dead silent during the big stunt. A lot of positive reactions. Like people were loving it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was great and well, well worth it. Um, and I didn't even have. I didn't have a whiskey or nothing. I just watched it with a soda. I had to get through Indiana Jones. It was a little tougher, but this was just a treat. Well, it's yeah. also three hours, Mike, so you do not want to get up and piss. No, you no, don't want I to do to that either. I had to plan my uh, you know, strategic <laughs> bathroom break, as I always do. I get my large soda, call a nose. <laughs> I always have to <laughs> you run you know, what, through that hydrate. <laughs> at what point yeah. of the plot is the bathroom break optimal then? You know, if we're looking at... This time I was, uh, when they were talking about they were planning something. I was like, all right, they're going to be probably planning for the next minute well, to a minute. You know what he, you know what he <laughs> missed? Uh, I told him later, Mike, that uh, Jacob got up when it kind of confirmed, I believe, in my opinion, a little romance between Ethan Hunt and Ilsa mm. Faust in this film, where we got mm. some sort of tender confirmations, a hug and then a handhold. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I know where we're at. Chilling on a roof. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I've cool. never okay. been to Venice. Look, hey, we'll talk right, about it. Hey, could I fast. ask real quick, what's yeah. up with yeah. uh, everybody going to Italy? This, it's, well, <laughs> I I want us to talk about this at the end because oh, we can you're wait. saying it because of, of a certain film we all watched recently, and I maybe think this film shares too much in common with that movie, Mike. I, I'm thinking of three <laughs> movies. Car Chase in Rome, okay. <laughs> and there's a, uh, a train sequence where they're on top of a train mm. and have to duck in a tunnel. So if that sounds like also two other movies that yeah, came every out film summer. we've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. And then there's definitely a, another car chase in Rome. If you like rocket league anyway, yeah. let's save all that. Let's reckon. Yes, right. Let's reckon we talk about this thing. We're going to wreck the movie let's for you. If you don't like spoilers. Yeah. You know, I reckon, uh, I loved it. Um, yes. But, first reactions hit us, hit us, dude. It, it was spectacle. Again, we'll save the full thing for the end. But after Indiana Jones, I'm like, there are similarities to these two things kind of plot wise. But man, this thing just puts its, you know, pedal to the metal. It's paced really well. It's a little long, a little long, just, you know, whatever. But man, the set pieces, you feel grounded. You feel there. You feel the stakes and the tension because it's like, yep, that's Tom Cruise on top of that train. Like, you know, it's really happening to the degree that it would be safe to film. But like, whatever can be real is, and it really adds to the tension and the immersion. And I was like, yeah. damn, this is an adventure. This is a movie. This is escapism. Like, I felt transported. That's right. Which is rare for people like us who kind of know how the sausage is made. I was like, you done did it, you you maniac. So that's where mm -hmm. I was at. Very impressed. Yeah. I, I think that, for me, I mean, general reaction, I did like it. I think as it stands, like, I think it's the weakest of the Macquarie directed ones. So like from, Fall, you know, Rogue Nation and Fallout, having just seen all of them back to back to back, I think. This one was my least favorite of the three, but that's not to say it's bad at all. I would actually rank it fifth. I would put Ghost Protocol and the first one also ahead of it. But that's not, again, I like this movie. I do have some problems with it, which I'll get into. Some minor nitpicks, you could say. But overall, really enjoyed it. Um, it was a great time at the movies. Um, and I'm excited to talk about it. Colin, how about you? First blush? I 
I feel super positive on it in this exact moment after learning that it was a COVID film because I actually think what they accomplished maybe raises it up a gold star of of what I actually had it at prior. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, you know, I certainly agree with Mike that it was too long. Yeah. I think all movies are now. Uh, But again, it's like, how how far do you want to lean? Here's here's what I've been telling people. The and why I investigated why Mike dropped off uh, of, of this franchise so so adamantly mm-hmm. is that of course when you talk about these films, people are like, "But what about the Tom Cruise of it all?" And here's my thing about the Tom Cruise of it all because maybe that is what would turn somebody off from watching right. this franchise. Mm-hmm. I can push out the intrusive thoughts of all these questions I should and need to have to this man and about this man. If what I'm seeing is like the most incredible thing I've ever seen on the screen. And this film left me having some intrusive thoughts. Okay. You know, it's just not the best. It just did not blow me away as much mm. as I, I hope it would be, or that I've come to be accustomed to this film franchise that every time I go, that's the one. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. I guess okay. I think I kind of felt similar just having seen Rogue Nation and Fallout directly beforehand. I thought this was not didn't quite reach the levels that those other movies reached for me, but it did have I mean there's a lot to like about it. And I yeah. think with the Tom Cruise of it all is he like a weirdo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of, you know, weirdos in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so if you're picking and choosing, you know, is yes. he a, a worse person than Ezra Miller? I would say probably not. It's just uh, <laughs> he might know where a missing woman is, Jacob. And that right. is something yeah. that deserves to be asked directly to him, I guess. Definitely. If the I wanted to distract yeah. people, I would jump out yeah. of a plane in the movies and say, don't think about it. Look at this. <laughs> right, but again, if you're seeing, you know, if you're going to see The Flash with Ezra Miller, you're going, to, you're seeing, yeah, plenty of movies with with actors in it that have done bad things or questionable things. I don't know. It's hard to pick and choose and say like. Well, we look at the strikes too. To there's there's bad there's 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 bad things happening in the yes. supply chain of all mass yeah. entertainment. Yes. Unfortunately, I did yeah. want to say this too about so obviously. There's an actor strike now in addition to the writer strike. This is the first podcast that we're doing since the actor strike, right? Mm-hmm. And we do want to say, of course, these movies wouldn't even exist without the talented writers and actors that, that make them and labor to make them, right? So solidarity with them and Absolutely. Um, you know, pay pay these people, you know. We don't Please. need see we don't need studio executives to make movies. Like if there were no studio executives, there would movies still would still get made. If there's no writers or actors, there wouldn't be movies, you know? No. And so. when we have record profits for the or record, you know, salaries for the executives and you say you can't pay anybody, bullshit, you know? So yeah. Solidarity for the writers, the actors, and, and maybe UPS. We'll see. Whatever. You know, like get get your bag. Right. Get your Everybody, bag. It seems like yes. yes. It's <sighs> time. General strike. Call a general yeah. strike. We're here. Well, putting yes, it in the public it. view, Burn not to stay here, but it's like because it's actors and, and you know, like even famous people being like, We're all getting screwed, it draws attention to yes, we're all getting screwed. So maybe this if yes. it goes well, it can create solidarity. So let's stand with them and hope because it could create a, a ripple effect, let's say, in, in many other industries, and we can get a lot of people taken care of. That's what we hope for. Yeah, um, yeah. so we're hoping for the best outcome, which is yes. 
It might be an impossible want. mission, but I'm choosing to undertake it. And we know so, so are they. So <laughs> the, way to the go. last thing the I want to be say about the TC of it all, and then I want your opinion on it too, Mike, mm-hmm. is the QAnon theories that there are like lizard people who like control the world. Tom Cruise is the only person who maybe thinks that maybe there are aliens on this planet because he acts so strangely if you just like literally observe him. But I like that. And I do think he is, again, I don't want to sound like I'm like supporting him in Mm -hmm. some huge way, but I just think he is singularly unique in his love of films, where if you asked him, and people have about his favorite films and favorite movies, if you look at his answers, he almost consistently talks about films from a producer angle angle where he'll be like, and that studio made that and and this person produced it opposed to the writer or the directors or the stars. And I think he really does just come at movies from the angle of how can I make something that will blow people's minds? And that's that's pretty unique. There's not a lot of people in film that that think from that angle, in my opinion. No. Yeah. No. And, you know, talking about cinema as spectacle. uh you know, he's not half-assing it. He's not going to put out a half-assed product when it comes to a movie with Tom Cruise in it. No. You're expecting a certain level of like, this is going to wow you, you know, even with Top Gun yes. Maverick, uh, any of the recent movies, like I think he's picked his projects over the last decade or so pretty well, ex- excusing a couple uh, outliers, Jack like The Mummy. Uh, hey, come on. Jack Reacher. You know, it's just like I, I just don't understand why that exists when Mission Impossible also exists. It well, seems like a derivative well, Mission on, Impossible. Dude, the first Jack Reacher, and you could say maybe it was an audition for this because Christopher McQuarrie was the director of Jack Reacher. So, so that's right. it was a show reel for to get him on. That's an unofficial <laughs> even on film. You should throw yeah. that on your watch list, boys. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. I haven't watched it. I was because I'm pre- you know I was I was judging it. Um, that's prejudice. But yeah, you're right. I should not be. I should watch the old Jack Reacher. But really, but, the um, mummy is probably the oh, yeah. in terms of... Uh, but how, do you, how do you excuse it, Mike? How do you just say, like... Eh. L- look, Jacob was saying spectacle of film, right? Yeah. And he has dedicated his life. He's like 60 or something now. He hasn't lost a step. Harrison Ford looks like he has. This and He's older, too. Wow. But, like, he's still he's still going crazy. And, like, he dedicated his whole life to making spectacle for the audience. Maybe he's just saying that yeah. and he just likes to make money, but I don't know. I'm not doing 500 skydives and jumping a motorcycle off a cliff six times in one day unless I'm right. really dedicated to the craft. Like, he's like Buster Keaton yeah. level. Get me in front of this train. Yes. I don't give a fuck, right? He seems to want to die doing it, so... Yeah. I, I respect like, that. Yeah, you know, that Jackie drive. Chan. He's the American Jackie Chan, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's gonna straight. do the da- most dangerous shit. Yeah, and I yeah, love it for real. I think with the the Scientology of it all, I'll just say maybe there's something to it because hey, oh, that man, <laughs> you know, he's not aging. He can do these stunts. Yep. I mean, the more likely uh, explanation is that he's rich and he can afford, you know, lots of good. Or that he has gone clear and that, kind of... and that his thetans <laughs> yes. are, you know, invisible. He's essentially, the thetans from his <laughs> he body. might be invincible. He just pretends like he's not. Yeah, yeah. Hold your breath for six minutes. Thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for a sixty-one-year-old man or sixty-two, however old he is, like he's looking insanely good. And I think I said this about Top Gun Maverick too. But like, no sixty-year-old man should be looking like tom cruise no uh, although he could you know his hair i'm sure he dyes it like he could 
he could allow a little bit of gray. I am certain, Jacob, that there is a portrait of Dorian Cruz that exists in (laughs) some sort of, you know, attic somewhere that has aged and been scarred and is mostly dead. Yeah, Yeah, very likely. Uh, But by whatever means he has come to attain these powers, he definitely puts them in full display uh, anytime he steps into the role of Ethan Hunt. And, you know, that's kind of what we're out here talking about. He's doing it again, uh, at least one more time after this. But, yeah, Dead Reckoning. I mean, where do we begin? Um, Full spoilers from here on out. I think we recommend it, right? Do we recommend people see it? Yes. Before we go. 100%. I I mean, one of these films, I don't think you should watch. Even two is so crazy that I'm like, watch two. It's so crazy. I recommend the full rewatch. I had a blast watching them and they're all on Paramount Plus. It's like pretty much the only reason to get Paramount Plus is Star Trek and Mission Impossible. And Jack Reacher's I'll on there too. So there throw, you go. I love yeah, that. Throw, throw it out to my beautiful free, uh, I believe they call them fast, um, free advertising streaming television services, Pluto TV. Nice. Uh, that has just the Mission Impossible channel right now. You can just watch them live. They're just fucking wow. running, dude. They're just going in the background. Nice. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so check it out. Um, and actually, yeah, I just need this movie to do really good to keep Star Trek around. So go go see it so I can have Star Trek. And thank you in advance. Yeah. Um, go to the theaters. Absolutely. But, um, geez, we've ta- I- I've watched so many Mission Impossibles. I'm having trouble remembering how this one opens. Where do we begin? Well, Mike, oh, the submarine hunt for Red October. Yeah, I was yes. gonna say this one. The Ethan hunt for Red October. Us. Oh, great! Dude, the Ethan <laughs> hunt for Red October. I just want everybody to hear that clear, clear yes. and clearly. That is great, Jacob. Oh, I love um, it. This one opens, Mike. It might be a little memorable to you because it does introduce mm-hmm. something that will become known as the entity, a AI mm-hmm. the uh, that is going to be the villain of this film. A, how an AI topical. that has inhabited a submarine. Yes, how topical. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, because I didn't even know really the that AI was going to be like a thing going into this movie. No, the, whole, nope. the fact that this whole movie is about Ethan Hunt wanting Tom Cruise wanting to stop AI from taking over the world or Hollywood. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get much more topical than that right now. So that's pretty crazy. absolutely not. Writer strike going on. AI, yeah. you know, it, all this kind of stuff. I will stop this strike. I'm the only one who can do it. I'm I will kill one. your god. And I I am the only one with a clear enough vision. God. These world governments don't get it. No one gets it but me. And I'm taking it in my own hands. It's so, it's so right. Ethan Hunt. Yeah. A Scientologist in this film out loud says, I will kill your God. <laughs> yeah. I love Ooh. it. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. He has shades of Jack Bauer for sure. Of like, I know I'm right. Shut the fuck up. Yes. I'm always yes. right. Well, yeah. At one point in this movie, someone says like, so you're telling me Ethan Hunt, every time he goes rogue, it turns out he was actually saving the world. Um, don't you think maybe we should just like give him the benefit yeah. of the doubt? Why and would then, this be any different? And then he and gets then shut. Just like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Quiet. Quiet. How dare you ask that? That is a function of these movies, though. We have to have someone saying, hey, you know, is this moral? And then like, shh. shh. Or, you know, whatever. Like, we have to yeah. ask the question so we can say that we've asked it. And then, okay, we're letting yeah. Ethan go. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, Hunt for Red October, they think there's, like, a an attack on them. It turns out they were infected. They changed the battery or something in their submarine. That yeah, had the Russian AI. Sub. It's a it. magic, so it invisible Russian, Russian sub. sub. Yes. Yeah. And I believe, just to throw this out, because it's a huge question I need clarified. In this text that's going through, it says something about dead reckoning. What does dead reckoning mean? It says the words dead reckoning, or the Russian oh, I... guy says it out loud. 
I think that's the was it the code name of like the sub that they're so they're talking like it was the name of the sub so they didn't have the I know it had like a Russian name that they said at the Spetopolopolis. end. Yeah, is yeah. that like translate to dead reckoning? That could be could true. Be. I, I I don't know. I could not I remember. Yeah, I reckon that. I don't know. But um, I mean these titles, you know. Sometimes it's hard to figure out what they mean. Ghost protocol. Fallout. That one. That one made Fallout's sense. Fallout's about a nuke. <laughs> Fallout. Well, I found out rewatching. No, it's because he fell out of the plane. Say, uh, yeah, That's the it. fallout of Ethan going rogue or something. I don't know. I. But, but they all. You said that's. Yeah. There's no difference. <laughs> I'm not rogue worried nation, about it. The one where he's like, "Look, it's a nation of me going rogue. <laughs> like, relax." Yeah. yeah. Well, the rogue nation was the syndicate, right? Yes, yes, yes. I don't want to hear it. Maybe the, the syndicate was the rogue nation. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> all yes. along. The apostles. Um, the apostles. Yeah. The entity. I like all of these. I got it. I like the entity. All right. So, again, this plot. I like this the is, entity. Thank you. This Mike. is the plot from Eagle Eye. Okay. Yes. But oh, now wow, it is okay. not cheesy. Um, but it's the becoming submarine... more and more realistic, which is yeah, the yeah, scary yeah. thing is that this is plausible that this could happen in real life. I was kind of stoked for it, honestly. I'm like, okay, I, I, this fits, actually. It's like the new existential threat. It's not nuclear war. Sorry, Oppenheimer. I mean, that always will be. But it's like yeah. AI is what everyone's thinking about now. And weirdly topical to be filming this in 2019. They couldn't have predicted. Maybe Tom Cruise can because he's from the future and whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, submarine thinks they're being attacked by another sub. They're like, oh, crap. Turns out. Nothing on the scope. Very mysterious in their own in the torpedo. System. They can't shut it down. Something's taken over the sub. Taken out by their own so, torpedo. What the hell's going on? Um, there's a key kind of, involved. A cruciform two-part key that's key. heavily... A cruciform key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Very, so, a lot of Catholic imagery in this movie, as Colin mentioned, as oh, we were geez, walking I didn't off, even think about which that. Which we'll get into. Yeah. But there's a, a key that's two parts... Things. We're going to need to get both parts of the key, keep them out of the hands of the bad guy. That's the point of this movie. Sound familiar? Two parts of a thing, keep them away. Um, but that's a lot you know. of movies this year, right? Yep. Transformers. Yeah. That's just Indiana Jones. Now. Every MacGuffin has two parts now, where you have to find yeah. the second part. You have the first Star part, Wars sort of had part. MacGuffin A and then B as a prototype. Yeah. Can I just of that? say real quick? If I have this fucking smartphone and I cut this thing down the middle in half and I left this to my ancestors a hundred years like in the future, they can't just put it together and it will never work again. If you cut that fucking dial of destiny in half and just be like, you broke the dial. Why did you <laughs> right. do that? Archimedes would know how to put it back together. So the key That's is the right. smartest one out of all of them. They just I know. Not the even that. I, they yeah. they verify each other. It's They're married. <laughs> they're yes, yes, yes. Adam and Eve. Yeah. Look all this guys it's incredible i love all of it <laughs> but yeah we're looking for the keys that's the thing we have a lead on one key i guess and this is where we first meet ethan i'm trying to they both have the keys the russian sub explodes they float to the top we get some ominous push in camera work on those keys going mm. my god what's going to happen to those things we've seen a blue siri sort of like talking and being not it never talks it never does anything but yeah. sort of like waves it's like an iris almost yeah. the entity yeah yes. yeah yes. but we'll later be inside this thing that is why yes. i want to point this out which is yes, very yes. cool but ethan hunt gets a mission basically telling him that his old friend british intelligence agent ilsa faust yes the woman of my dreams yes. uh, oh, okay thank you <laughs> has come into contact or has acquired half of the key right and now is being there's people coming after her because they want the key yes i think that's how it started if i remember well yeah. let's say real quick that we we get the 
uh, will you choose to accept it moment, which is uh, Ethan Hunt not even seen. It's a dark, smoky room. A young, yeah. tattooed a ruffian yeah. sort of just walks in with a DoorDash bag of some sort of made-up kind or whatever. And he's very, you know, like lovingly worked through what is the traditional protocol that they need to be doing for imf agents to accept their mission and get the little thing that tells you the thing right Mm -hmm. and he's never seen again but i really wanted to point this out because of course this is a film about the practices of getting recruited into the impossible mission force and this is very important to show that it occurs it happens there are all these sort of like uh spoons in the bowl or, or whatever you say right yeah, yeah. I feel like this this movie is actually doing a lot to expand the known lore of the IMF, sort of. Even with the return of our favorite character, Kittredge, right? Everyone's Eugene Kittredge? From the who, first movie. From the first movie, who never came back in any of the other movies until now. So they're really showing, like, you know, how would someone join with the Haley Atwell character, which we'll get into as well? How mm-hmm. would someone become a new recruit? into imf so i think that's very interesting we see the results yeah. of it but we also just see again emphasizing the lovingness he will say this later but when you are a part of this machine it means you have a guardian angel named ethan hunt who loves you so much more than he will ever love himself he will take care of you for the rest of your life if you're right. a young scumbum kid an older black man a young <laughs> british guy the Hottest German who has ever existed. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he never wants anyone in his team to die. Fallout was about no. that. Like, I won't let anybody die on my team. Right. So, like, yeah, yeah he's your we'll guardian angel. His, his whole origin story, right? If you go back to the yes. first movie again, um, the movie starts with his entire team dying and him being, being the only wiped survivor. Out. And yep. uh, yeah. So, that's kind of a running and- theme. We yeah. get this lure set up, Jacob, in this one about how, like, a lot of these people have been in the same situation, disavowed, you know, on the run, prisoners. We sort of get some insight about Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt that we'll talk about in a bit, I'm sure. Um, but I love that you just brought up the Mission Impossible one of it all because that second team that he puts together, Luther meeting him where he is, excommunicado, uh, Jean Renault, who, again, are all these agents right. who have been disavowed. It is the world that they have so perfectly set up this entire franchise. Yeah. But that they're building up so much more now. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the idea Working of with MI6 and the syndicate. Rogue. Yeah. Yeah, building this whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so Ilsa Faust has half of the key. She's gone into hiding because there's a hit out on her. You know, other people are trying to acquire this. This key is worth a lot, right? They're building up these MacGuffins because the keys, well, they don't even know what it unlocks, but it, whatever it unlocks is probably going to be very powerful and very dangerous in the wrong hands. Right? So we want to almost get the key and then let the drops happen and follow the buyers to figure out yeah. what they're going to open. It's kind of the general premise, but we get an action opens, But they just don't want the entity to have it because this AI... It's a sentient AI that is becoming so powerful that it's taking over the world and government agencies, intelligence agencies cannot stop it because their systems are all compromised. They're all digital. They have to go analog at one point and have a, you know, an air gapped yeah. room, right? Yeah. Um, 
there's also the conversation of all these, there's rivaling nation states. There's factions, as always, that want to get the key to try to control the AI because it's so powerful. Like, if we have the key to it, we can shape human right. history from here on out. You know, so there's people who want to control the AI. Ethan wants to kill your god. And then yes. there's Gabriel, who we'll get into. He's our villain kind of working on behalf of the AI. He's kind of working in, a, to use a cyberpunk term, working in the meat space for right. the AI, sure. helping it do things that it can't do. Um, but we get a cool action scene um, in the desert. I love the sandstorm. Yes. I love the gunplay. No music. I mean, There's some really, really there, cool shit. But also, there, John Wick did a desert horse thing. That's true. I, and here's what I think it's all better, down I think. to. I agree with that. Um, they did a red carpet interview where, of course, Chris McQuarrie is talking about all the influences. He talks about Lawrence of Arabia. You can see it so much here. The covered shawls, the horses, the gunfire. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mike, that's so what John Wick was going for as well with that you know vast sprawling. They go so much bigger with the scope of it. But the dust storm here, how it's executed – how cool they make Rebecca Ferguson look. I'm with you. This is this is superior. And yes. let me just say, Jacob, you pointed out um, the opera scene, right? Mm -hmm. Is that Rogue Nation? Mm -hmm. Rogue Nation, yes. And there's a, a very striking the silhouette scenes. of the sniper rifle, right? Yes. And, and then yes. we get another, here she is with a sniper rifle looking fucking awesome. With the eye patch. Chef's kiss. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Desert um, gear. Yep. I love Rebecca Ferguson. You know, I love her in... Mission Impossible, Lover in Dune. She played Lady Jessica. Yep. Um, and uh, just a great actress. And I love her character, Ilsa Faust. I thought she was one of the best additions of the 100%. This was my yeah. introduction to her because I hadn't seen the other ones. Right. Well, Has she was in so... Fallout. Oh, wait. Yeah, she but, was in Fallout. Yeah, yeah but, but she's yeah, more... kind of smaller. I didn't have yeah, an established history. Rogue Nation, you wouldn't understand yeah. like why she's even, what she's even doing. But No, um, no, no. Have you yeah, guys seen Dr. Sleep? Yes, Doctor Sleep. She plays not. the villain. Rose the, the sequel hat. to uh, The Shining, starring your favorite actor, Mike Ewan McGregor. Who's married to my Rona, favorite actress, uh, <laughs> Billy. What's his name? I don't like that, Mike. <laughs> uh, Billy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Jack Isn't Nicholson's it? son, grown up yeah. from, the, from the first Shining, obviously. Yeah. And uh, she plays the villain in that. She's very good. Yeah. Dog, mm -hmm. that's just one of my favorites. So I just had to shout her out. She's and incredible. she is fantastic in this. Yeah, she's, it's all the way through. She's, so she's a badass. I will say, so wearing the eye patch in that scene, looking super badass. But also, there's a funny story with that where, again, I was watching some behind the scenes stuff, interviews. Um, so apparently the whole reason for that eye patch was that when they were shooting that scene, they're like, okay, Chris McQuarrie, the director was like, all right, so now I need you to close one of your eyes and you're looking in the sniper and she's like, okay. And she realized she can't, she doesn't know how to wink. She can't like just oh. close one of her eyes. So wow. Like, I'm trying. She's like, so he's like, okay, now close one eye. She's like, uh, and she couldn't do it. So they're like, all right, we'll give you an eye patch. But okay. Worked we do not wink in Germany. Yeah. yeah, I'm realizing how broken people's bodies are after that Zachary Quinto story you guys told me. I think human <laughs> beings are like we're just not, not all put together. Everything that everyone yeah. else can do, right? Well, Tom Cruise is too busy it? doing all of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but very cool action scene, and then you know we kind of you're dead. You know, there, we, there's a whole thing. It's like you're 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 dead. And we're gonna act like you got KIA. They put a plant there. They fake her death. Yeah. Yep, yes. Yep. They do. Plant a body. It's it's a super cool kill scene. We jump away from this. We kind of go back to our source of information. It's mm -hmm. that voice we heard on the tape recording. 
It is Eugene Kittredge, uh, Henry Zerny wow. from the first film. Like Jacob said, big returning role. He's the CIA director. But it's a moment where we're seeing a man enter a building through massive security, you know, breaches and all these all these stops and stuff. And he gets to a room full of actors who I, I we're not even going to be able to point them all out who yeah. play can, uh, the council. I'll pl- if you do have the yeah. list, please do the council, which Jacob explained to me because I was like, that name is so weird. He was like, well, it's it's all the heads of security. It's the security well, they're, they're, council. And yeah, I was they're like, credited oh. as the, the community. So it's the intelligence, the community, the head yes, of the CIA, the, the high table. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty all much different yeah. uh, American intelligence agencies, and then of course Carrie Ewells is like the head of the National Intelligence uh, or, or the Director of National NSA? Intelligence. NSA. Oh yeah, okay. But I know um, all those actors in that room are like character actors that are that have been in a bunch of stuff. I know like the woman Indira Varma, she was in Game of Thrones. I know her from that. Obi Wan. Um, yep, she in Obi Wan yep. as well. Yep. She was Tila okay. or whatever. Yeah. The she love played, interest. Uh, Pedro Pascal's lover in Game of Thrones. Right. Yep. That's right. Um, yep. And some of those other, like the, the older Rob black Delaney. man, from, he was in oh, uh, sure. Top Gun. He was like the general or whatever. So another Tom Cruise friend probably coming on. Mm-hmm. He um, played that uh, dirty Mandalorian in uh, the the latest season. Who was with oh, those yeah. pirates that were like, "Is that Bo oh, yeah. Katan's voice?" I hear. Yeah, when remember? they visit the Mandalorian, we've just been out in the desert for two hundred years. Yeah, 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 just cruising around on our dumb boat. <laughs> yeah, Fury. So, just, uh, so they're having this, you know, committee meeting, right? And they're talking about the IMF. They're talking about Ethan Hunt. And this mm-hmm. was, this was a funny scene that I enjoyed, but I also thought it was weird that carrie eels would not know the imf because it is secret but i feel like the head of national intelligence would know what it is because like two movies ago wasn't alec baldwin talking about the imf like in front of a committee Um, right so like people and hasn't he constantly been doing yeah trials with uh hawkeye like hey dude (laughs) did you tell ethan like he's on public like trials at least with high government officials talking about carrie eels doesn't know what it is yeah. Like, so let me get this straight. You just leave word. <laughs> Do you leave yeah. word to a man who can choose whether or not to save the world? <laughs> I Carol love all is that. Doing a very strange American accent. It's, yeah. Uh, it's you know great. But it's a fun scene. And as this is all happening, this guy that we've been following inside, who has a briefcase, right? He's walking past security, and everything. He comes in. He's late to the meeting or whatever. Um. As they're kind of looking nervous the whole time. It kind of looks like an idiot. He's kind of bumped. Yeah. Up. They cut to a close up after key information is given to that guy. And you're like, oh, what's what's he going to do? What's his role to play here? Is he a spy? I right. fell for yeah. all this. I want everybody to know. Mm-hmm. I did not Me see too. this coming. Out. I thought he was going to be a bad guy and was going to do some kind of assassination mission. Um, but they're talking about Ethan Hunt and everything. And then as they're talking, like they're wrapping up or whatever, he hands Kittredge a mat, like a, a gas mask, right? And then Kitcher's just like, what the hell is this? He puts it on. He throws some uh, smoke bombs, right? Knocks mm-hmm. everyone out in the room except for him and Kittredge. He's off the mask. Guess who? It's our boy, Ethan Hunt. Classic, classic, classic. Oh, you know, yeah, it's like you get the mask one and it's just like it, the scene builds the way like a Mission Impossible one scene where it's a lot of talking and tension, yeah. you know, like like. They're kind of touching every era, as you mentioned, of Mission Impossible mm-hmm. in this, which For is sure. cool. So yes. using Kittredge and filming a scene that's more Mission Impossible 1 style. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And yes. 
in Mission Impossible 1, there's a scene after Ethan's team is all killed. He's freaking out. He goes to meet Kittredge, who is his handler at the time. And they meet in this cafe in uh, Amsterdam, I think. Or what city are they in? I think it's Amsterdam. Um, uh, I can't remember. They have this cafe confrontation. And this scene's kind of famous for these Dutch angles that Brian De Palma uses, right? Mm-hmm. Which these crazy tilted Dutch angles, these close-ups of Tom Cruise's face and Henry Zerny, Kittredge, as it's revealed that they believe that Ethan Hunt is the mole and they're bringing him in, right? Um, and his paranoia is just shown on screen through these Dutch angles. And I feel like when they have this confrontation, this conversation scene between Kittredge and Ethan Hunt in this one, it's a reference to that scene where they have these sort of extreme close-ups, a slight Dutch angle to them, maybe not as strong of a Dutch angle as Mission Impossible, no. but you can't you can't out-Dutch angle Brian De Palma. No, right? Brian De Palma, <laughs> no. son of Alfred Hitchcock, impossible, yes, to out-Dutch. Yeah. Out but just I just love that you're sort of referencing it through the filmic language and uh yeah it's great stuff. Yeah, we love we love this kind of attention to detail. I think you know at least you know I know I do. Um so that's great classic mission impossible one we get a mask and he's basically saying Kittredge is like we're coming after you and in classic Ethan Hunt he's like no you're not stay out of my way. Fuck up. You know, it's classic opposition. You're not going you're not going to stop me from doing what I need to do. Yeah. And you can't be this is me listening. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is not. oh yeah. Give me Ozark. Then, you want me to help out? This is me helping out. The way um, the scene ends is hilarious too, because it's like, how are you planning to get out of here? And it cuts to Ethan, he's putting a mask on of Kittredge, and he's like, Yeah, oh, of course. And he knocks him out of with the Of course dog. that's what you do, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Amazing stuff. I've had too much Mission Impossible stacked on top of this now for me to separate the threads a little bit. So I will need team leader guidance. (laughs) Again, the McQuarrie of it all. It kind of all does blend together like spaghetti. Yeah. Oh, yes. But but But, very good. Good scene. So we know Ethan's mission. He needs to find these. He's got. Well, the keys are in all different hands throughout the movie. So it's kind of hard to keep track of what's going on. But he has one key at this point, right? And he needs the other half. He, he understands now what he has picked up from the, the council. What did you call them again? Tell me one more time. The community. The intelligence the community. community. I really the hate community. it. What the he entity. learned from the community is that the entity is an AI and that people want to get their hands on it. He does not know what the key is for. He does not know what the key uh, uh, unlocks or where where that would be necessarily, mm-hmm. uh, but he's set up on his mission. Uh, and then this is what I'm now realizing is the COVID stuff. But to me, this was kind of the weakest, which is we cut to just him sitting at a table with Benji and Luther in the Abu Dhabi airport. It's all very close up. We don't see mm-hmm. anything around them. It feels very empty and strange. And he's like, and that's the mission. Opposed to what's kind of fun about these movies is the like. Luther gets off a plane. He tells you what he's been up to for like five minutes, right? And we've kind of gotten away from that. It's really become more, much more like, and I'm your father, Ethan Hunt. Here's, here's what we're yeah. doing today, children. I do yeah. want to say about Luther. Yeah. Um, Ving Rames, gotta love him. The mm-hmm. only other actor to be in every Mission Impossible movie from the first one, right? Every nice. single one. Um, even if it's only for, you know, a scene at the end, like ghost protocol, uh, mm-hmm. I feel like he has now a standing a agreement with so Tom good. Cruise where it's like, yeah, Ving, just come by, shoot as much as you want, be in the movie as much as you want. You can wear whatever hat you want. 
you don't have to stand up. You can just sit down at your, your computer. And even mm-hmm. in this one, he leaves. He just leaves the movie like with an hour left. He's like, all right, yes. I gotta go do computer stuff. This uh, hard drive can't one. be connected to the internet, AI, whatever. Yeah. I gotta disappear. <laughs> Let me tell you what my plot for the next movie is gonna be, <laughs> uh, Jacob. To support that, my favorite interview I have ever seen an actor give about a film that they're in is Luther for, I believe, Fallout. Who is like, people ask me what it's like working for Tom Cruise. I'll tell you what it's like. Actors are the greatest producers. Only a, a mega star like Tom Cruise would know. When I tell him that for dinner that night, what I need from craft services is lobster, he <laughs> knows it has to be main lobster. It has of to course. be the best of the best. And like he's going on like this, and you just like that, like you just know what that Big Raves is in it for just like this is the best shot I have at like being a movie star still. Yeah, yeah. yeah shit on that at every second. And I love it. I love it. It's like some there. of the, the yeah. fa- it's some of the Fast and Furious crew members. Like every time there's a yes. new movie, I know I'm gonna get to you know, I'm gonna get this gig. Tyrese, <laughs> how are you? How are you, my yeah. boy? Getting that international well, residuals or what, my <laughs> dude? Let's go. Right. Come on, my man. But yeah, mm-hmm. again, wear wear whatever hat you want, just hang out. Have a hey. scene where you say Ethan Hunt is your best friend every movie. and You explain yeah. to a woman why Ethan Hunt <laughs> deserves to be loved and he will never love you back. He's basically your role. Yeah. It's like, wow, he's such a good guy. Because he, he loves Luther? others so he's much. The greatest. Yeah. It would be too Arby's, selfish of him to love. We have the yeah. meats. Yes. <laughs> and and never forget that he's the voice of Arby's. Yes. Or I'm he sure is. And, you know, he yeah, killed yeah, a lot of zombies yeah. in the only good Zack Snyder movie. That's right. That is yeah. true. And mm-hmm. of course, uh, is it Ving Rhames? Who's in Pulp Fiction? Is it Ving Rhames? Wallace. Yeah. yeah. Dope. There we dope, go. Dope, dope. So he's in so some go. cool Ving stuff. Rames. Niche stuff. But uh, Keep he doesn't do check. a lot in this. Um, no. He I breaks like a airport. lot of laptops by standing up, Mike. He like stands <laughs> up and throws his laptop down. They're like, shit, Luther got violent. Wow. Yep. Never been yeah, uh, He does it twice. The, uh, yeah. Um, and of course, you it. have Simon Pegg as Benji. Benji yes. Dunn, an addition from the third Mission Impossible movie, who's stuck around and Rich, become what's JJ that? Abrams did the third. Yes, friends and with JJ. put Simon yes, Pegg in, in Star Trek. You know, right. collaborate. You, listeners, you might have heard us talk all <laughs> about this very recently. And like Colin said last week, originally going to be played by Ricky Gervais. So I'm glad that didn't happen because. Simon Pegg is a much better actor than Ricky Gervais, in my opinion. Yeah. What do we think of the airport sequence, though? We learn that there is um, potentially a shadowy figure from Ethan's past, Gabriel, mm. but it's like we don't know yes. for sure if he's there. So there's a chase yes. of agents trying to find Ethan, Gabriel trying to find Ethan, and then Benji trying to stop a bomb. There's all these yes. things happening at once. Find- yeah. Yeah, they need to find the person that has the key in this airport that's going to be flying to a buyer. So yes. Looking for this person with the key. As as Ethan is coming across this person, they get pickpocketed by a new character, right? Who's also after the key, an intercept. Yes. And who do we have here? We this have is Grace. Uh, Grace. This is Haley Atwell, who, of course, we've talked about a thousand times through various Marvel productions. She mm-hmm. plays Peggy Carter. Um, we love her. I love her in this. This yeah. features maybe the funniest wording I've ever seen. You guys just said she is, of course, a pickpocket. She's a professional thief. Uh, Ethan intercepts her and explains to her he respects her skills, but what he needs her to do now 
is to be a put pocket. He needs her to return <laughs> yes. something yes. to her funny. mark. And that is, I mean, that's just, that's Christopher McQuarrie. That's great. Shutting the laptop <laughs> that day and being like, you know what? I earned that million dollars. <sighs> right. so, yep. That'll do. No, that's an incredible I, line. I did that registered. Yes. I was like, man, good work. Put pocket. I will say. A put pocket, Mike. <laughs> He's what has guy. Mission Impossible been missing that this movie adds? Close-up magic. That's sure. <laughs> Close-up illusions. Hand, okay, hand-to-hand yes. magic. This is where yeah. Mission Impossible has mis- been missing. Uh yeah, hunt, you know, doing things with the keys. Haley, well, it's not the only time again, he's going to do it. <laughs> no. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of characters are joining this team because of their specific skills, Jacob. But it also always seems like Ethan is better at what they do and can explain to them what they need to do better about what they're doing. Yeah. It's like the manager. It's like it would take me longer to explain it to you than to do it myself. But like when times are slow, you can do it. But otherwise, just get out of my way. I'm Ethan Hunt. You well, know? Because as an IMF agent, he basically is good at everything everything right yes he can do guns he can do athletic things he can do close-up magic can i have like a I pause yeah, yeah. I, this is a little bit of a show reel for tom cruise's real life abilities the whole franchise so what do we know oh, he can speak course. italian he could speak french he could speak german he could speak mandarin he could do yeah, close-up magic language, ride a motorcycle basically. ride a horse like yeah. whatever he can yeah. do he just Pretend wants to, to put on the big screen a mask yeah, yeah i believe any gun in his hands he's used before mm-hmm. uh I've heard this question on a different podcast. I want to pose it to you guys. Would you feel safe him flying you in like an F-16 or one of those like fighter jets from Maverick? Like if you had to be oh, in like yeah. the back of the cockpit, well, actor Tom Cruise <laughs> flying the most dangerous machine ever devised by man going supersonic speeds. No? Yes? Well, we know he can pilot helicopters too, right? Well, yeah. yeah. I say might as well. Who else are you going to ride in there with? Like a regular yeah. pilot? If I'm going to be in that machine, might as well be with Tom Cruise. Yeah, <laughs> might as well. Or Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Then you might crash. But the uh, ger- the G forces G stands for geriatric. Yeah. Sorry, that was rude, um, and I retract it. <laughs> we love you, wow. Harrison. I just wanted to make the joke. I don't mean it. Anyway, but uh, so it's close up magic yeah, or QB well, pocket. Mike said about me. <laughs> I no, just wanted to be noticed, Dad. Maybe. We didn't mean that. We're turning the dial back. Don't worry. We're turning the dial back. I was just joking. Harrison, you're great. There is um, some, you know, Harrison Ford has done like rescue missions where he, yep. he volunteers for, to like, like if someone's stranded in the wilderness, he'll pick them up in his plane. So just imagine you're lost in the woods and the person who comes in a plane to pick you up is Harrison Ford. I mean, you know, I'd rather have that pick? happen than just get in a casual flight with Tom Cruise, to be fair. <laughs> You ready to get out of here, kid? Like, yes, yes, yes. Mr. Ford. <laughs> Wait, so call sign Maverick for sure. So what is it? It's Falcon. It's like uh, Falcon coming in to rescue you. Solo? Like, yeah. Okay. It is. It'd probably be Solo. like Indiana. Solo on the way. Indiana. Indie, Indie Solo coming down. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is that? Oh, it is. Hi. <laughs> yeah, hi. Um, yeah, but... Don't ins- if I made that joke when he picked me up, he'd say, get off my plane. But back to the mission. <laughs> if my, if oh he picked gosh. me up, I would put on a parachute and be like, we're about to go down. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I would trust. So the key's constantly shuffling not. between these factions, right? With getting pickpocketed, yes. putpocketed, the mark's getting taken out. You know, what's happening? Meanwhile, and, and so- we have this uh bomb defusal. government person. Oh, yeah. We have the Shea Wiggum character. Oh, yeah. Chasing sure. trying to find Tom Cruise, Ethan. Uh they just work for Kittredge, the, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, but they're using they the, the facial the, recognition technology, yeah. but that Luther is hacking to make it seem like Tom, you know, that Ethan's on the other side of the airport. Correct. They're kind of deep faking in real time, yeah. so to speak. There's a lot of shenanigans going on at the airport. Yeah, the right, invisible then, man. Yeah, and we see some of that too, where now the AI is even getting involved and in interfering with their tech and even setting riddles and part of the bomb defusal. So this is the first time we're seeing the entity kind of actively involved where it's cloaking someone completely from Ving Rhames' stuff that he's doing. Like there's somebody being removed yeah. from security. And Tom Cruise has special AR goggles, so that person can be removed from his vision, too, which will come into play later, which I thought right. was a really interesting idea, like really real time an AI removing someone from camera feeds. That's an interesting concept. Yeah, it's essentially doing what it was doing in the beginning with the sub where it's telling a sub that it's out there when it's really not like the mm -hmm. fact that we rely on digital technology so much to tell us what's going on. And that can be manipulated by this entity. That is like a scary thought that like. We're not even perceiving reality, man. Like, without, yeah. you know, like it can tell us what we can make reality whatever we want it to be. So, right, which it, I wish it would lean into that more maybe in the second one. But like, there's a point, yeah, not to get too far, but when Benji's in a car going to do a thing and he's navigating, oh, yes. I'm like, he's going to get kidnapped 100% by I, this vehicle. But, Mike, I yeah. was like, what an interesting setup this is. Of course, that's <laughs> mm -hmm. how you're going to go. And then it does it, and you're like, wait, why did we focus right. on that? I so thought that was going to be the cliffhanger. So yeah, just but anyway. scene where he turns on the self-driving and then gets in the passenger seat to work Is that a computer, commercial? Right? <laughs> he turned on the self-driving, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> For now, he's got to figure out he's done right now. Because uh, there's, you know, literally ticking right. clocks. You so. are done. So the entity is the Riddler. Yeah, and it's it making you do a captcha. Yeah, basically. No, yeah. not done, D-O-N-E. Luther shouts out, we're not done yet. When he hears <laughs> his partner say that, he's just like yelling at a ghost, basically. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tell that thing we're going to win. It's like, Luther, relax. And but it's basically just by... asking him, what was your first pet's name? What street did you do? Like, yeah, personal questions. questions. It's learning and it's yes. adapting. It's understanding. And yeah, that's a scary thought. And that's what we're all doing when we sign up to, you know, on Google and shit. And the bomb yes. is empty. He, they defuse it. <laughs> and in the end, there's nothing in there. It was just a prank, bro. Yeah. Just a misdirect. Yeah. What so do you they, care they're... about most in life? Right? My friends. My friends. <laughs> we legally yeah. can't say family anymore. Thanks to Vin Diesel. So. <laughs> Are you um, scared of dying? No. What happened? I lied. <laughs> Why? Just say it. Yes. Oh, be vulnerable. I'm scared of dying. But uh, that's a misdirect, too, to kind of keep him busy while the agent of the entity... Who gets the key in the end here? That's what I can't remember. <laughs> they put so, it back on the guy's body to, to do the thing, right? Well, and then Grace has it. Well, he gets killed. And then the guy, yeah, gets killed. But she guy gets killed. Put pocket Grace him. has it and escapes from Tom Cruise, right? Mo a lot of this movie is just Haley Atwell running away from Tom Cruise and Tom yeah. Cruise trying to catch her. Well, um, yeah, she gets yeah. on a flight to Italy... And remember, she stashes it. She meets a guy on the flight, pretends Just, to be like into yep. him, stashes yep, it on and him. Tom Cruise is literally like, I called ahead. You're arrested. All this dumb <laughs> stuff I really don't like. That's right. Quick yeah. digression. The person who kills the person with the key. Now, we're talking about how much we like Rebecca Ferguson. Mm -hmm, and yes. I don't want this to sound like an incredibly heteronormative podcast. <laughs> it's not. We promise. Mm -hmm. uh, but we left this movie. I think, and I think the rest of the world did as well, falling in love with a certain person who appeared now as the assassin killer Paris. I am, of course, talking about Palm Clementif. Yes. yes. Mantis. She's great. From Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, 
She, yeah, she's a hench, henchwoman to the entity or to Gabriel. She's a heavy. She's, she's a heavy. the heavy for Gabriel, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she kills it in this role. Uh, she is awesome in this yeah. fucking movie. She yeah. is a superstar. Yes. And does it, you know, without many lines, but she just has such a screen presence that she doesn't even need that many lines to make no. such an impact on us. And I will I, say, yeah. you know, um, this movie, if I can just say, has maybe like the most attractive female cast ever it, assembled difficult. in a movie. Like, it's insane. It's, <laughs> now, what I just said about not wanting to come off too straight, it is hard. It is yeah. hard talking about this movie where you just we go, have to, yeah, we have it's to the say. sexiest movie ever made. It's, it has to be set. I mean, yeah. to be fair, everyone is sexy, but yeah, it is. She is great. All the leads are great, but everyone's written well too. Like, like all the characters have meaningful stuff to do. Like, no one's just chilling to be eye candy. No. Everyone has a function in the plot, and I think that's really yeah. great with it yes. too. And like the Haley Atwell character, Grace, is a really Whew. good addition. Yes, and she's not just another agent or a spy. She's no. what side is she on? Which is so is she going to be an ally? Yes. Yeah, it's fascinating. And then like throughout the movie. Ethan is kind of trying to recruit her to the IMF and say like, Hey, you can use your abilities for like good instead of just stealing stuff from people. Once the film ends. And again, you understand the importance of the opening Ethan hunt scene and realize that. And Jake, when I talked about this, Mike, just a side opinion thing. I think this film does a really good job of skipping the part two, part one curse because this film is, about Haley Atwell's character. They make the awesome choice to be like, what if her through line? It's the Infinity War choice of Thanos is the main character. What if Haley Atwell was the main character? Yeah. Yes. No, and, and she's she the newcomer incredible. into this world of impossible missions. So Force. you know, she's learned she's sort of the audience point of view character where she's you know learning about this world and the different of- factions. What's like she has to be explained this is what I'm looking for. This is who's coming for it. These are the stakes, you know, and Tom Cruise is yep. trying to say, trust me. If you took a drink every time he says, you got to trust me in these movies, you'd die. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my if, God. Yeah, just trust him the first time he asks you, people. When are you going to learn? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Her trying to get away. Him handcuffing her to him so she can yeah. get away. It but how fun tired. is that? Yeah. But, but I don't know. There's a screw yeah. comedy-ness uh, to it that I like because it's that classic... Uh, that feels Archetype. like old Hollywood. Yeah, almost. like bringing up baby kind of, um, kind of thing. So yeah, Weird I like physical that. Yeah, two people being like, "Oh well, I'm flustered," and you know, yeah, they're just so. It hot happened to one each night. They're going to be so cool. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Different personalities, and she's you know obviously a, a criminal. He's like trying to be like, "Hey, you don't have to be a criminal. You can be good." He's a war criminal. No, no. Um, he's always <laughs> yeah. doing the good. Thing. I was a criminal once too. Let's say real quick, when he was in the airport, he saw the glitch, he saw the invisible man, he saw Isai Morales as Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. this figure from his past. It's revealed. We get an Ethan Hunt flashback. We do not see a Tom Cruise face. We see mm-hmm. a long-haired young man chasing after a um dyed-haired Isai Morales as Gabriel. He kills a woman. Ethan Hunt is devastated. Cut and this forward. is pre. So we're getting a little more. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is a pre Mission Impossible 1 yes. flashback where we're seeing something of Ethan's origin that we've never seen before <gasps> in these movies. And maybe the and he, reason why he joined he, IMF. He yeah. says the words later Gabriel even maybe created me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which, which, uh, Fast and Furious, we have Dante. Like, we're going to do a flashback to create well, a character, but handled, I think, maybe yeah. better, I guess. And James Bond would maybe. be, uh, 
Spectre character, right? Where they or the um yeah, where they it's it's kind of this this thing where it's like I'm the architect of all your pain, right? It's kind of doing the same thing that the James Bond movies did, which is like, oh, what if there was like one person behind all this stuff that created Ethan Hunt that's like his ultimate nemesis that kind of for me didn't always work because here's the thing, the character of Gabriel in this movie not super fleshed out um, so that's one of the nitpicks I have with this movie. I think like Solomon Lane from the last two movies was a more interesting foil oh, yeah. for Ethan Hunt than Gabriel. Lane, Solomon so Lane far. is really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude. So it's the, his, his dark, his dark self, you know, what if IMF was doing nefarious things, you know, like yeah. Lane is a great and character. Really, they, through the actions that he do, does in Rogue Nation of Fallout, he kind of is Ethan, like the closest thing that Ethan's had to like, someone that's like on his level that can like match up with him um even when he catches him at the end of rogue nation in that in that glass box in the yeah cool yeah way, right? finally gets one smoke on he loves ass. using smoke to put people to sleep and who taught like him that trick mass. lane lane taught yes. him that in the record right. store that's right so hey. i just want more from gabriel maybe in the Love second it. in i it's two. mainly him saying it has been written it's just him saying, you know, we learned that the entity has figured out so many possible outcomes. Everything is predestined, right? So Gabriel yeah. has this incredible force of just being correct about everything on his side. It's boring. It just sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, Gabriel is following the orders of a computer. So he's yeah. just. But it means he doesn't take, and he doesn't have to take action because the computer generally predetermines, oh, the key will end up at my feet or this will happen. So he just kind of strolls around and then the thing he said would happen happens. He doesn't do a yeah. ton until like the final act with the, with the train stuff. But, but did any of you guys end up yeah. going further through Westworld? Did, it, did either of you guys get to season three? No. I got to season three. I did not finish it. <laughs> That is, and this is definitely a spoiler for that, so spoiler, spoiler mm-hmm. warning on top of spoiling stuff for this, but my father, I, I never got through it, but my father told me when he was watching it, this whole story about Vincent Cassell is that whole season, he's actually just like a guy who works for an AI that's figured out all the predestination stuff, and he's doing uh-huh. it because he feels like he has to. It's just, I and I feel like I've seen another sci-fi stuff too. I just want to yeah. point out that I, I'm sure listeners are like, Oh, that's plot's been done five hundred times before. Right. No, I mean, uh, yeah. Even I, I, in I, I, Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast yes, and Furious off, it's this, also yes. about that. This is very Hobbs and Shaw, Jacob. Yes. Well, even Not in a compliment. Nine, yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty four Neuromancer book. There's like elements of an AI manipulating people yeah. into doing things, and it's it's like you don't realize it's like it would be cooler if he didn't even know he was being manipulated until like the third act like if he thought he had free yeah. will even he that kind of thing but yeah uh, well, we don't the get a lot about be better. gabriel's motivations himself or like why he's doing why he's aligning himself with the entity i guess just to have that power but again i think solomon lane a more interesting character and with more interesting motivations um, he's still alive, as far as I know, in the universe. So he's a character. Yeah, I guess. Back at some yeah. Point. But I do <laughs> think it's sure. like the the whole AI predictive algorithm thing in the context of Mission Impossible is interesting because that's kind of it's all about you know Lane versus Hunt in those movies. It's like thinking three steps ahead of you know Lane thinks I'm. What if this, that's I'll what he this. wants us to do? Yeah. Yeah. So it's an extension of instead of a human doing that, it's now that an AI who has the a far superior ability to predict things, right? Yeah, we can yeah. beat so them the in chess. Conclusion. 
Yeah. 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 It's basically saying Ethan Hunt has no, no mortal human being can match up to him. So now his only competitor is this AI. Right. Potentially a demigod at level being. Um, But, you know, I'm okay with it. I think thematically, you know, with what's going on today, I just think Gabriel needs to be fleshed out more. Um, Yeah, no. But let's talk Rome. You know, we get to Rome. I don't remember fine details. (laughs) I know there's There's a big car chase. chase. She's arrested. He pretends to be her lawyer. Well, what about those Americans? Aren't they with you? Oh, no, it's Shea Wiggum again. We got to go on the run. You're on the run. It is written. Paris is chasing you. It's it's again. It just I I I read that people kind of think this film falls to the Macquarie formula of it appears when they write these Mission Impossible films. Him and Tom, we talked about it with John Wick a little bit. Him and Tom outline the stunts and then go, what's the plot around it? Right. This one yeah. feels a little scene to scene action, right? I could buy even that with the uh, the car chase like it's well shot and it's well edited so that it stays interesting. And even if you compare it to like, again, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, it's just so much like there's so much more stakes to this where you're like, you know, it's grounded. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. For me, it's this, like it worked. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I love this car chase. Well, it's like two. Yeah. It's like there's a serious car chase and then they need to get a second car and then we get this little Fiat and it's like electric and he doesn't know how to, that's when they're handcuffed together. They have to take right. turns driving it. There's like fun kind of. Yeah. It is physical fun. comedy. Yeah, whole, like getting the, getting the safe car, which is that Fiat and then like it not working right away. There's and it's like new technology that. and he's old Tom Cruise. Like, oh, they keep changing. Uh, he's the really like every time I get in one of these, you got to understand it's hard to do. And I liked the very human reactions from her of after the first crash, she's like, I do not want to drive anymore. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You drive. They're and then she has to. She has to drive because of the way they're handcuffed yes. together and. Yeah, all that stuff it's is funny. fun, and then you got Paris driving this giant truck crashing into scooters, just yeah. being a maniac. Laughing. She yeah. is and maniacally laughing, Mike. She's, she's like, like the Joker. Huge combat. A Harley boots. Quinn. She's wearing yeah. like a schoolgirl yeah. skirt. She is she's literally awesome. Harley Quinn. Yes, yeah, it's very she, cool, very much. But she's extremely badass. Like completely different from her sweet, soft-spoken Mantis. It's like night and day. And she's just yeah. crushing it. Even in even just driving a truck, she has so much more personality than like yes. any Fast and the Furious moment, you know? Yes. So I like the car um, chase. Uh, and then did we get a John Wick thing or is there more on the car chase? Oh, pretty much. Well, just the car chase, like to compare it to Fallout, the, the Paris scene in Fallout where they have to break Solomon Lane out of that car and there's a whole chase and stuff. Which one do you prefer? Do you prefer that scene in Fallout, or do you prefer this car chase in, in Rome? Uh, hmm. I prefer the Fallout. Just yeah. I I like that whole setup of the you know the French police officer woman, which is kind of mirrored in this when he has right. to speak Italian, right? To to the to the uh, woman who, when they're escaping the lawyer thing, he's like, it's not what it looks like, you know, like she's my client and stuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just I just prefer Fallout in general more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Um, okay. We'll so, we'll have a rankings discussion. I think when we yeah. wrap yes, this up. But yes. yeah. But so where do we go from here? I'm trying to think of the next. Well, there's a yeah. big um, meetup scene. This party that the entity is throwing. Oh, we do the John Wick right scene. That's what I call this. They the, get the John a, Wick yes. sequence. They all meet yeah. up in a nightclub and and sit around and talk about the entity. 
Well, here's the thing real quick. They get away in this car and they're in Italy and they're like, oh my God, things are terrible. On a, on a bus or a little boat, I can't remember which one comes first. Benji comes up and is like, no, we're all together. In fact, and the team is reunited and this is where it's revealed. Rebecca Ferguson is not dead. She, you know, hit herself away or faked it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get, this is our moment of core team. We're not going to get a lot in this movie. So important to point out, we sort of get everybody firing on all cylinders here. And yes, the setup that we are going to go back to the white widow and have to interact with the entity. Vanessa Kirby. Yes. Another, uh, Actress that I'm very attracted to. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And she's not an established character in the franchise, though, right? Well, she, yeah, she was in Fallout. She wasn't Fallout. That's the one. Yeah, so, just prior. Yeah, the ones I rewatched. Fallout. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to keep track. I know. Yes, I'm um, sorry. And there's been so many characters that do kind of come and go, like Jeremy Renner. For, I miss him. For two movies. Where yeah. is he? Where is he? <laughs> Honestly, right, yeah, get right him for the final one. They need to bring back yeah. all of Ethan's former team members that never showed up again, right? Mm-hmm. Then now it would be like him with a cane, and he'd be like, hey, how are you guys? And we'd all be like, oh, thank God he's still alive. <laughs> we love you, Jeremy Renner. You're like, what happened? Yeah. He's like, I didn't trust what Ethan told me to trust him with one time. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully he's doing okay. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's doing good. But bring him back if you can. Um, yeah, please. We love you, Jeremy. Hope you're doing good. Uh, but what was I just saying? Well, we're we're, we're they're night clubbing. We're talking. Yeah. So they all White know, Widow. I always get distracted when I yeah. think about White her Widow, too. <laughs> Set up this character. Fallout. Yeah, yeah. Um, now here's another tie into the first movie because she is. The daughter of the Vanessa Redgrave character from the first movie, Max, the right. arms dealer that that uh, Ethan does a deal He's with, trying to everything. get the code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of mirrors, and again, this movie ends with a big train sequence where she's making a financial tr- transaction on a train, which is exactly what her mom does in first Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, the not bad, cool. But her and her brother were in Fallout as well. Mm-hmm. Arms are these these people that they're brokers, right? They make connections, but they're also working with the CIA because she basically just does things for the CIA to get like on their good side so that she can also do illegal things. So right. and she knows Ethan from the last movie as John Lark because he was on he was pretending to be John Lark when they met, if you remember. So yeah, it's yeah, a whole that's thing. Right. But this nightclub scene, it's like all the major characters in this movie meeting you know, face to face, you've got Gabriel there. You've got the white widow. You've got Ethan. You thought our characters were sexy. You thought every gender of person was sexy. Every race, every creed in this film franchise. Let's have them dressed to the nines. Yeah. We're going to get everyone looking great. And yeah, they all do. (laughs) We got Palm in the back, just hanging out. She's in her most Harley Quinn with like the tear on her face. Like incredible. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, but that kind of spells out what their claim what they want the AI for everyone's trying to make a case you know I am going to sell it to whatever world government I want that will buy me their trust and love but of course make me enemy number one uh, against what will now be the number one superpower to protect me right right Mm -hmm. and even Gabriel is there to make his pitch of like you should give it to the entity. The entity says, "Got to get it no matter what." <laughs> it loves keys. And yeah. In fact, we're all the entity. Who threw? You didn't throw this party. 
The entity did. And we see all the projectors and screens now have the call sign of the entity. Yeah. He is the party. Ooh, right. or, wow. And Tom Cruise straight up says, you wouldn't be here or doing this if you weren't afraid. And he calls this thing like a cuck, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. whole point is that the entity is afraid of Ethan Hunt because he's yes. so powerful and he can think ahead like a machine would that mm-hmm. the, it's the one human that the Unstoppable. AI is scared of. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even come. It wouldn't even send Gabriel if it was so confident. No. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, but Gabriel here gives him this ultimatum where he's like, Ethan, you're going to have to choose one of these women in your life is going to die. It's either going to be a night. Ilsa Faust or this newcomer, Grace. One Grace. of them will die. And here we get to part that I didn't totally love about this movie, which is this whole thing of like, oh, you must choose between these two women in your life. It's kind of a trope of like, we need to give our male lead some more um, stakes, right? So we're going to mm-hmm. kill off a woman that he cares about. Like that's become a trope, right? They call and, it fridging. Yes. Ah, fridging, yeah, exactly. yes. So right. getting, into, getting into the spoiler of... Um, where we're leading to, of course, there's this yeah. big sort of fight scene where he's misled by the entity um, because the entity impersonates Benji's Benji voice on his comms. Yeah. So he's like, t- tell him to go to the wrong place. So he's not there in time to save one of these two women that's going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Gabriel is going to kill Grace, but then Ilza Faust steps in and saves Grace by fighting Gabriel herself, but then being. Yeah seemingly killed by gabriel right mm-hmm. ilsa faust is dead. great yeah, knife after fight. after like a, a good, fake out death yeah yes. right but a good scene but it seems like yeah they they've dooskied elsa well this and yeah. this is my problem so i don't know because of course she may not actually be dead because they did foreshadow that in the beginning with faking her death maybe that's a sign that they're all that she's again faking her death and she'll show up in part two yeah i don't mm. know I don't know. I, here's my thing. I think people are very quick to jump to fridging. It's kind of a very popular in the way that Mary Sue was a few years ago, where people mm-hmm. are like, ah, I got you. This is that yes. thing where you go, okay. This was a term that came about because in comic books, it would be like, I'm your girlfriend who's the waitress at the diner. I am not a person. I am right. your girlfriend. And the next and- scene is him opening up a my head cut off her body and, yes, yeah. in a fridge or whatever i'm i'm then killed but right. the idea that you are like you said killing someone of a different sex to affect your hero you know their romantic partner whatever push them on this journey it again you were out of the bathroom we do get some confirmation in this one there is okay. some romantic tension between ilsa and ethan and that's been it yeah. bubbling for two movies sure well mm-hmm. and, and i do know like for instance in fallout there was a there was a kiss scene between them that was cut because they oh felt like it didn't work and it worked better when it as a more unspoken thing but definitely a tension there that might be a romantic oh tension, i love that i, I admire the restraint to, to cut it though yes show me yeah. that deleted scene <laughs> but ilsa is a character i understand yes. what she wants in these movies she has a very clear through line in this film. And if, and it has been in the past, the the scenario was Benji is the person versus another female character. 
Tom Cruise would take it as personally because as Ethan Hunt says 15 times in this film, I love all of you. You are all my children. Yes. Like, yes, yeah, yes. I love you all. His equal. team members' lives are more important than his life to him. They always will be. It's notable mm-hmm. because this is the first time that a member of his team was killed in a Mission Impossible movie since the first one when his entire team was killed. Wow. Wow. So, Interesting. If you think about it that way. Paula Patton's not dead? I guess not. No. She just, she just doesn't show up again after Ghost Protocol. But That's so weird. Yeah. My problem is this. The way that she's killed off, it's kind of, I don't know. It's like, it seems weird. And it's almost to the point where I do think they're going to bring her back because it's so kind of, there's not enough emphasis on it where they're just moving on afterwards without. I would say that is what is weird about it is that it's so called out and then so quickly brushed off. Yes. Mm. And my problem with it, if she doesn't, if she does come back, I'll be more happy. If she doesn't come back, I think it's a bad way to kill her off. And also, it seems sort of a transparent attempt to kill off Ilsa Faust and replace her essentially with the Haley Atwell character, Grace, as Ethan's new potential love interest. And it's even, I mean, this whole movie is like pitting them against each other where it's like, choose one, one will die. This new girl that you just met or this oh, right, had right. A, you know, a extended relationship with over a, a few years, a few movies. And it's just like the way they kill her off, it just seems so. And she's barely in the movie up to that point. And it just seems like if it seems like they are going to bring her back, because if they don't, it'd be a okay. weird storytelling choice. Yeah, yeah. What do you I'm, think, I'm coming from a place of less Rebecca Ferguson bias um, and less familiarity Insane. with the character. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, I, I see what you're saying. I have a foil tinfoil hat that's like, yeah, they'll, Ethan will play it like she's dead because the entity wants to th- him to right. behave like well, she has to behave like she's dead it's it. a yeah yeah i can see that happening shadowing in the beginning it makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah and i don't buy um grace as a love interest i do see a mentor mentee thing i don't i'm not buying yeah. that for yes. one second I at all i feel that way as well yeah. um, but i do think hollywood fashion it is yeah two actresses that are 20 years younger than tom cruise both of them are yeah, they're both like early forties. Oh, wow. He's in his sixties, so it's like. Oh, I guess that's true. Yes, yeah, fair yes. enough. But that's but a, um, that's you know rampant throughout Hollywood. It's not just this Tom movie Cameron. needed to be about Grace, right? And it is, and we'll make room for maybe the next movie to bring. Yeah, to bring her. I back, think Grace right? is a great character independently of her relationship to Ethan Hunt. So I like that she's. But such you know a what, Jacob? Character. You saying that yeah. now? If it was Michelle Pfeiffer that played Grace, like who she is right now, like her age, I don't know how old Michelle. Right. She's probably in her sixties, right? Like, yeah, hmm. that would be fucking awesome. Quantumania. Hey, hey, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, but it's just yeah. You know, anytime it's a sixty-year-old actor, you never see them. Almost never see them paired with a sixty-year-old actress. It's usually. Ten, yeah. someone, a 10, 10, a 10 year old no, no, no. eight yeah. years old and 10 years old it's just something yeah, that i feel like we have to call out but. yeah but uh yeah that is a hollywood thing that happens we're getting better but it's not this film is not absent uh absolved uh yeah. let's say 60 year old guy it is a bummer the character could have been killed better i like the fight i really like the chase i like ethan getting misled by the ai and i really like yes. I, yeah. I just wanted to bring up that narrow narrow little alleyway yes. fight scene with the goon paris oh, and tom yes uh, and Ethan. then that's absolutely up brutal such a that's such why he doesn't make it on later. time 
Yeah. Yes, but the the keeping Paris alive that he makes the choice consciously. He just hits the that. pipe on the wall. He's like, "God damn, I can't kill you." It's like he spares her, but that yeah. fight is very very cool. When she um, jumps over brutal, him, like, it's awesome. Sound effects yeah. of like, yeah. heads being slammed into like and brick walls. And she's so visceral too. Like she's yes. scary as hell. So shout out. Good acrobatic. She yep. doesn't hold she- back. I think she murders a bunch of people like in that Rome car chase. She runs them like, over. Oh, yeah. yeah. She yeah. She's laughing care. again. She's crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's Harley yeah. Quinn. But uh, that, was a, that was a good fight scene. And then we see 60-year-old man running very quickly, faster than I can run right now. Like, he, we get st- at that age, he's getting up to speed. I don't know if they hit a treadmill well, behind those candles. But. So, so do this quick Google search me then, Jacob. How old is Shea Wiggum? Because you get mm. what is maybe an accurate 60-year-old man who is like – out of breath chasing after a six-year-old man who is just capable of turning into the flash. I got 54. 54? So he's, he's y- Shea Wiggum he's is younger, younger than, than Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise? Yeah. Would you have guessed that looking at them? That's insane. Eh, probably. Just no. knowing Tom the vampiric Cruise. state of Tom Cruise. Shea yes. Wiggum looks like he's 70. He looks like he smokes a pack a day. What well, are you he's, talking about? He's playing about? his typical role of a police officer yeah. or someone like that who's authority figure. the protagonist every step yes. of the way in the movie in a very funny Absolutely. way. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you another Tom Cruise age thing that kind of blows my mind. Tom Cruise in this movie is older than John Voight in the first oh movie. Oh my god. John <sighs> Voight, I mean some people look like, I mean John Voight's looked like an old man for like 40 years, but yes. that kind of blows my mind. They got snakes out there this big? Um, bring Wild. John Voight back. I don't care that he gets eaten by a helicopter at the end of the first <laughs> film. Bring right. John Voight back. Yeah. He's certainly not problematic in any sort of way. He seems like a great guy. No, no. I'm out of um, loop on that, and I prefer to remain huge, that way. Huge Trump supporter. Got <laughs> oh, the geez. National yeah. uh, Merit Award or whatever he's from a, him. Yeah, he's a big Republican, one of the famous Hollywood Republicans. That's right. Not that many, right? Like, okay. Him and James Woods, just two yeah. lunatics screaming <laughs> two at old each men. other. Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> whitest enough. people you'll ever meet in your life. Right, right. On. But uh, yeah, Tom Cruise in this movie is older than John that's Boyd horrifying. Was in and doing I some don't, plays I don't an like old to man. Know that. Yeah, some legit incredible stunt work though. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so is this where we we kind of regroup? We have to hatch a plan. Uh, we know that um, the deal's supposed to go down. Well, here's what's happening, Mike. Yeah. The entity out loud said through Gabriel's mouth, it doesn't matter what happens tonight. And I'm going to kill one of these women tomorrow on the Orient Express, which is a train that exists. I will be on that and I will be getting one of these keys. And you're like, okay. So everybody knows that they need to head to the Orient Express or go rent the movie is what I would have imagined. Right. Everyone at the nightclub knows. Yes, exactly. Go rent that movie. Um, but the entity is like not even scared to tell them like that that's its plan because yes. it, here's it's the so future. Yeah. The keys will be laid at my feet. I'll get both keys on <laughs> yes. the train. That's what's going to happen to me, Gabriel. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about anything, you know, meme. Yeah. Have you seen my ascot? Right. <laughs> uh, this is my best turtleneck. Like, yes, it is. So it's quite good. Yeah. They need to hatch this plan of they know. So the White Widow, Venice Kirby, is going to be on the plane on the train. Uh, and is going to make a deal for the key or sell the key. So they need to infiltrate. They need to pretend to be her. And of course, the only person that can do that, Ilsa's dead. It's got to be 
Grace, right? Grace, the only yep. other woman on the team. Yeah, and you know what, guys? I'm realizing we get another strange moment from Benji, like the later car self-driving thing, where he literally just goes, the mask thing broke. Everybody come here. And they're like, what do you mean? He's like, it broke. And they're like, how? He's like, it's really broken. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's a convenient thing. Okay. Presumably the AI did that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, they made a mask? Oh. Fuck, you know. One of the reasons I really like Ghost Protocol, and it might, I think it is my favorite of all the Mission Impossible movies, the kind of reoccurring theme throughout that movie is the technology constantly breaking and malfunctioning yes. and not working properly. So their mask thing breaks. Yes. His gloves when he's climbing malfunction. Yes. Like, so that's kind of a reoccurring theme of the technology not working out. So I kind of feel like this is a reused bit from that of the mask thing breaking but so they can it's be a convenient that, reason right to not have that a film is the premise of it you're right is the man triumphs over the technology this while that is sort of the theme once again it really is not about that so i it just yeah. comes off weird colin you were 100 yeah. percent right this is where we get to the point where tom had written down motorcycle cliff jump and they're like okay jump we'll break the mask machine yeah, so we need to make so, sure you can't have a why mask. Why wouldn't you just get on with her? Because <laughs> the mask machine. It's really after broken. it made her. Now it's <laughs> yeah. really broken. It made it can't even make contacts yeah. now. Yeah. So you, could you right. get another by today? No, I could maybe fix one by the week, but it's really broken. Okay, yeah. you said really broken three times now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So Scotty cannot fix the engines uh, at this That's juncture. <laughs> so I'm giving yeah, her off. So- she's got Ethan. But I can't fix the mask machine. Yeah, give it all she's got, Captain Ethan. So, so we know she's going to get on the train. So she's she has to take out the White, White Widow, Widow impersonator, and somehow Ethan Tom's got to get on the train. Her brother, but the machine broke, so we can't. So now he's yeah. got to get on the train a different way, which means he's got a motorcycle cliff jump parachute yes. onto the train. It's the only first. Way. There's an easier way, but he misses the window. Some something yes. or other. Gabriel is ahead he knows that they yeah, would be oh he's speeding the train up yeah, yes. so again and another go slow down a wrinkle in the yeah. plan where we're doing a classic mission impossible thing and we kind of slowly build tension Improvise. to the climax of this entire movie yeah this yeah, end sequence right. i think is really really strong probably the best part yeah it's it all you know it's train. the marketing yeah another yeah. mirroring of the first movie that had a big set piece on the train at mm-hmm. the end of it yeah um, that first movie dial of destiny you're right <laughs> Yep, and who's on this train? Uh, pretty much everybody. Um, mm-hmm. We find out White Widow, who she's meeting with. It turns out it's Kittredge. So um, America is purchasing it. Yes, so yes. he's there then representing we, America's interests. We Carrie also Yules. know Gary. I say Elways. Elways? Yules, interesting. Yules no idea. I have no, I, idea. <laughs> no idea. Truly, is representing the Roberts. interests of. I just know what's going on and where the key needs to be inserted. Hey, I'm just going to cash out here. Fuck yeah. you guys. I'm well, the turns out he's a bad guy. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, someone that you thought was a good guy is a bad guy. <laughs> Classic Mission Classic. Impossible. But yeah, there's a lot of good Mission Impossible elements here. With We, we get mask scene. We get a, a scene of uh, like tense dialogue. Are they going to find out? Are the cover going to get blown? Oh, is the mark waking up? No, she's not. Like there's great there's little, yeah. little beats yeah. here that I think are really enjoyable. Meanwhile, Tom's Definitely. just like, Benji, I got to get to the train. He says, keep following that trail and just take them up the mountain. He's like, when am I going to descend? And he's like, soon. <laughs> like, don't again, worry. Luther has decided to leave at this point. Rebecca yeah. Ferguson, uh, Ilsa's Faust is dead. So the team really is sort of at their thinnest. 
He's yeah. only relying on Benji. He gets mm-hmm. up to this thing and we get the classic Tom Cruise of like, we get the moment where Benji's like, oh, it's just a thing. Do the thing. And Tom Cruise doing the freak out, you know, the the thing you said about the glove to Jeremy Renner, Jacob, where he's like, no shit or whatever. Oh, and this shit. is like, oh, it's just a job on the cliff. Like, you know, he's just like so worked up that you're yeah. like, it's great. It's such a good payoff. I do yeah, like you want Benji's me to jump off like, a cliff. Yeah. Come on. You're Go Ethan ahead. Hunt. Like, just you know do how it. You can do this. Of course you can. Yeah. <laughs> it still yeah, no, scares him. I yeah. love that they draw attention to that. Like, like, yeah, you're Ethan. Like, like they kind of break the fourth wall a little bit. Like when it's called impossible mission, like it can't really be like, like they could play with kind of the tropes that have existed. And I right. like that, but his response of like, yeah, I'm just going to jump off a cliff on a motorcycle, open a parachute on a moving train and just have a clean descent. Like, are you crazy? It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, this is the money shot, you know, trailers. Yeah. So Try. he, he drives a motorcycle, He's got to get away from the cliffside so he doesn't wreck himself on the rocks, right? Mm-hmm. So he launches as far as he can away from the cliff, jumps off the motorcycle, parachutes into the train. Well, and, parachutes uh, down, and yeah, hopefully yeah. he's going to land on the train. But yes, it's this cool, cool one shot. take. Yeah. Yeah. Six times for the day. This is our big set piece. Even the posters now for the other movies have just become the set pieces. Yeah. We're like the, the box right. art for Mission Impossible 1 is the yeah, wire. This is the one where he hangs mm-hmm. onto a plane. Yeah. This is the one where he's on the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our poster. Um, yeah. And it's a cool moment, but I think it's almost like a, a, a red herring because it's not as a big of a moment as you think it's going to be. Really, it's just um, it's... that's the big big stun of the movie i guess it's just kind of silly that it pays off with a joke jacob well i like i like but let's say yeah 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 and and the big conflict now is gabriel's broken all the controls off the train so his plan is to try to get it and just like disconnect a car and peace out and everybody else is fucked so yeah uh grace has got to like ethan's like just figure out how to stop the train i don't know just do it and like i gotta i gotta go right so she's trying to yeah. navigate this whole thing um yeah so that's kind of one of our, our big things runaway so a train. bunch of hijinks shay wiggum's on the train too trying to figure out what's going on everyone's mm-hmm. running back and forth there's like white you know, widow wakes up we didn't i just meet yeah. with you yeah all this little little stuff here right very fun but uh um, gabriel shows up right yeah he's about to kill grace oh my god and, and then, then colin go ahead tom comes lands and goes through the side of the train at, at Lamb. what hits hits gabriel as he's about to shoot her or something and just yeah um, yeah and this is so i like this because like i said there's an interview where tom cruise was was uh talking about movies talking about buster keaton and how much he likes buster keaton mm-hmm. he goes back and he watches those old buster keaton movies to see the stunts that he was doing um ridiculous there's a there's a scene there's a stunt in sherlock jr that's very reminiscent of this where he goes through like the side of a building um and i think that was a a direct reference to that there's the the train from the general yep yep um and you know fun fact jacob uh, you said he's kind of the american version of jackie chan jackie chan's uh cited favorite film like maker is buster keaton Oh really? So see these stunt, there you go. these people these stunt guys really respect Buster. They King, get what it. He was doing Some of the stuff the, he's done is 20s. still crazy. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah. that's why mm-hmm. they all liked Burt Reynolds too. I mean, it, it was mm-hmm. these guys who did their own stuff. Yeah, 
and a world of insurance and shit like that in the 20s like it was like you're gonna nail this or you're gonna like die trying (laughs) i barely afforded this tripod i'm gonna get on the train and i'm gonna throw these railroad ties out of the you know okay buster you got it i'll get a run over yep uh, this no wall is going to fall, no. and I hopefully will not get crushed to death. If um, I'm one centimeter over, I will yeah. die. Yes. <laughs> yep. So incredible stuff here. You know, so he, Tom Cruise is a fan of movies, and you know, we have a callback to his own. We get train action, fight on a train. Uh, I thought this was super well done. Like, considering yes. we had another fight on a train with Indiana Jones, this is like. And they're going through the oh, tunnel and they got a duck and like there's shit that they yeah. got to roll out of this like way of. It's super cool. It's crazy tense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Comparing it to the train scene in Dial of Destiny, it's like crazy how much better it is. And like, I don't think they were going under a tunnel, but I could believe that they, Tom wanted to. Or, yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I, but I can yeah. tell it's a CG monstrosity in Dial of Destiny. Yeah. The way you know they shot I mean? it, there's tension and stakes to the scene. Whereas in realism. Indiana Jones, it's just like, oh, and then and then uh, Mads Mikkelsen just gets hit in the face and falls yes, off the train, but he's fine. Cartoon. And he survived <laughs> it. In, in this movie, no, you would be fucking dead. Yeah. Mike, even when it feels like CG, it does not feel like the volume, where it's mm-hmm. like a sort of, for what it does, it's important, but a very cheap special effect. This, again, you always get the feeling that Tom's like... We're going to do it that way. If I can't convince Isai Morales to like drop as fast as he can on an actual tunnel, like then we'll just do it the best way that we can. You just feel like the money is on the screen. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we'll see rankings, but I feel like um, some of the set, maybe it's recency bias. I have to rewatch Fallout because that's the only one I didn't rewatch. And I really, really like that one. Um, but yeah, all the money's on the screen the screen and they're doing it for real like the fight scenes are great choreography is great like i thought john wick 4 was got god tier but there's some sequences in this that i'm like ooh, do we have some rivalry for best recent action movie right now as far as technical john wick 4 and this movie in the same year i mean that's a great year for action movies just absolutely and it's a great year for rome jesus (laughs) yeah i hate it dog we'll get into it but uh of a train yeah, yeah, so much good stuff happening. Um, but what do we think the ending here? Well, as we wrap it up and get prepared for final thoughts and everything right. here. Um, so the key has the been crash. put together at this point. Gabriel's got verified. it. It falls Gabriel's right to his feet. It, seems like, yeah, as he predicted. Yeah, and we, we fucking lost. You know, Gabriel's got he the jumps key. Jumps off the train at exactly the moment that he knew he would to end in the bed of a truck. Truck is driving away. Right. Oh no, the villain has won the movie as far as we know. This train is crashing. Got it. They have to stop the train. They end up deconnecting the disconnecting the uh, the engine engine from the rest of the train to try to stop it from basically the bridge was also blown up right by the entity. It's going to Gabriel had time the bridge to blow up. Yes. Yeah. So the engine goes off the cliff. The cars are starting to like they stop right at the edge they're sliding they're falling right one after the other so grace and ethan have to climb through these these cars one by one as they're vertical right in the air this crazy stuff Ah. a great set piece um reminiscent of uncharted 2 i think there's a big very similar scene in in uncharted Uh, i don't think they've made a sequel to that movie yet but interesting (laughs) Uh, nice nice (laughs) not the tom holland movie but the video game Mm. so 
I, I've contended for years uh, that like one of the most tense kind of scenes, like with something on a cliff, you know, right, that kind of of this nature, is Jurassic Park Two. That movie gets a lot yeah. of shit, but that scene with the camper hanging off the side, the T Rexes are there, and she's trying not to break the glass and climbing up it. I think that scene is fucking brilliant. And then I thought Uncharted Two opening is a very dynamic scene in the video game. But I think yeah. this is better than both of those things. This is incredibly like um, tense adrenaline. Like you could see how they were had a train car that they're tipping with the actors in it. That they like. There's so much going on. Oh yeah. Like Inception level of motion rigs right. and stuff. And yeah, I thought it was yeah. great. The piano. There's again. There's yeah. always another layer of shit happening, yeah. and it gets the worse and worse. The level of detail where they're going through these cars. They're going through the kitchen car, and like oh, things are getting shit on, on fire because like gas, gas lines are yes. flying out. Yeah, the, the oh. deep fryer oil spilling everywhere first, and then you seeing the gas line break and knowing the burners are on. Yes, Jacob, there's such a great um, specificity to the environments that have just yeah. been set up. Ratchet and up the it tension. Could have just been they're just going through a bunch of passenger cars, and this is so much more interesting that like different cars and like yeah, like the piano dropping. They have to figure out how to get off that ledge move, so move, it doesn't move. kill them and stuff. And, Grace, you, you need know, to you jump. Can, trust me. Trust me. Again, you know, trust, trust me. You, you need to trust <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. He's always right, <laughs> but though. It's a great just like scene. Jack Bauer. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But again, with, with these movies, it's like every scene that I'm like, that was a great scene, but there's also a scene in Fallout. Like the climax of Fallout is, <sighs> you know, Tom Cruise chasing Henry Cavill in a helicopter and then them cr- crashing the helicopter into him and then them having being vertical in the helicopters and stuff. So that's also like an uh, amazing scene. So what if that... Grace got two-faced at the end of this, Jake? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. So yeah. I do, by the way, I like how Mission Apostle keeps casting these superhero actors and giving them these like different roles. Like you got Superman, you got you got uh, Haley Atwell. Uh, hey, Carter. Carter. Yeah. You yeah, Mantis. Got Mantis. Like, Captain Carter, like Mantis. Yeah, yep. they're giving these superhero actors something to do. Yeah, interesting parts, <laughs> not just playing, hey, Cap, it's me, Dave. You yeah. remember Dave, don't you? <laughs> uh, Dave, we're glad you're here. I the mean, Grace has... say that. Oh, shit. Yeah, Grace has so much more depth here than any of the Marvel appearances for... And I do like... Her, you know? I love. Yeah, I think Haley, I was a good actor. I like her as Peggy Carter, but I never watched the show. Like, I wasn't that level of Marvel where I was watching... Yeah, I've never Carter seen Agent show. Carter, but I think <laughs> no, she was. I've never, I've never seen, seen Agents of Shield either, but really, uh, good. it's a great show. <laughs> She's not she on that show. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I liked her in Quantum Mania when she showed up in that cameo. That was fun. In Quantum Mania, like, oh, uh, multi multiverse of madness. Of madness. Yes. Oh, right. right. I, was, I was like, she's in the quantum zone Too now. Many of these movies. No, she shows up as Captain England or whatever. Yeah, Captain Captain Carter. Um, I'm Captain England. She gets cut in half by her own shield. But um, I, I, I can do this all day. Yes. Um, Dies immediately. I'd yeah. rather you do these movies all day because she's really, she's really, really yes. good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, breakout. Pong, so amazing. Henry so yeah, Cavill we see her on the chain. Let's great. bring this up. You know, so basically yeah. we're finding out all the players. Uh, Kittredge is there for some fucking reason. Like he's clear, like someone's operating outside of normal procedures so like the guys yeah. chasing ethan are like since you're not here sir we're not taking orders from you a little bit of this but palm yeah. decides to uh paris um she gets stabbed she, by gabriel because gabriel, gabriel says well, you're gonna betray me right yeah so gabriel, here's the thing, yeah. here's the thing. 
Say so I told said, me. Gabriel out loud says, as he's slitting Kirielways' throat, he says, uh-huh. and the entity told me you would betray me because Ethan Hunt saved you. And he menacingly turns to Palm, who's like, oh, shit, you were talking to me? And she's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. uh, and then he stabs her. This mm. scene was a little strange. So Gabriel is talking to Carrie Elways, who is the only person who knows not only what the key unlocks, which is this Russian nuclear sub that's like a very powerful weapon. It's crashed but, under the Arctic ice cap yeah. or something. Nobody so knows, knows what location. it is. He also knows the exact location and he's made it sure that he's the only living person that yes. knows this information. He's now telling to Gabriel. Of course, Gabriel kills him, but uh paris was there listening the whole time so then he's like yeah the entity told me that you're gonna betray us so he tries to kill her too and Mm -hmm. now carrie always jacob says that with a monologue he says it in his speech he says the stanapole you know went down and what was actually happening in that first scene was they thought they were testing this but we sent an encrypted thing and because of that it if anyone found out the digital fingerprints that i was evil and blah 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 you're like, okay, wow, this is interesting, this little plot of the movie. Now, later, when Paris, a.k.a. Palm, is dying, she has, exactly as you've said, overheard all this. Tom Cruise is like, what did he tell you? What was going on? And she just says, stand up, pool. Like, she says the name of the submarine, and Tom Cruise is like, yeah, he'll stand put up, it together. pool, the submarine? You're saying <laughs> the entity, the AI, lives there, and that the key probably unlocks the housing unit inside? That's it. Right. Like he puts it together. He's connecting the dots so fast that, yes, he might have an algorithm in his head. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think he thinks it's a city um, at first, and she clarifies submarine, but then he's immediately so on it. Oh, the, se- the secret best Mike, submarine that's ever been made, though? Mike, he gets there quick. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much for correcting me. I apologize, because she says submarine in French. She says sub. Marine. He's like, submarine? <laughs> now I got it, yeah. <laughs> but he's um, quick because he knows it's the most secret sub ever made. Well, he, knows he knows the specs. Sub- yeah, yeah. yeah. Di- and then he says, she's dying or something. Her last breath. He gets up. Ethan Hunt walks away and off screen we hear someone say, we've got a pulse. She's still alive. Like, well, that, right. Ethan, Ethan, yeah. check her or help her for two seconds. She's and not a part of my team big, yet. Uh, Doesn't count. Yeah thing is that her him and grace are about to die and she saves him so she's turns out to be the hero of the movie by saving that's right they're gonna fall off yeah that's right they're literally about to fall she grabs she grabs them yes absolutely uh, yeah Uh, she's dying but palm is the greatest is what we learned in this movie (laughs) in the six lines she has she does so much heavy lifting i like her everybody likes her (laughs) so many not and she's french in real life so she gets to flex her language or she's actually i was she's french canadian so she canadian grew up in montreal uh so she's a native french speaker but you know also knows english of course yeah very cool um and yeah the internet is raving about her i think she's one thing that talking about from this movie of like oh we need more of you know her in these movies and the way that that ends with her there's then specifically saying she's got a pulse she's not dead i think she will be and the audience reception yeah you got to bring her back also put her in john wick five if you end up making it like (laughs) oh god in this movie i was like she's like a person that would be coming after john wick like she's like ruby rose in the second one but like way 100 percent. they don't 100%. let her do enough martial arts in, in marvel movies like she's very yeah, no. very good 
Yeah. Yeah. But as she She's saves the day, physical actress and mm-hmm. I guess also loves like stunts and daredevil stuff. So I'm sure like her and Tom Cruise got a lot. What's the last thing we see Mantis do? She retires to open an obelisk zoo. Those <laughs> She's weird going to octopuses. find herself with her obelisks. She's yeah, going to her, find okay. who she is. Chris she like, only... I need to find myself. And then she's like, I also okay. need to find myself. Because I just kind of do what great. others tell me I'm to do. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if okay. she's apparently she's finding herself doing violent acts uh, on behalf of yeah. an AI. <laughs> Go to I do Earth. need I do yeah. need like a Dave Batista and Palm Clementif team up movie of some oh, kind. Oh, an action buddy they're... comedy. Yes. That yes. would to happen. That would be very fun. Different characters, maybe going against type, not like Batista doing something other than like a Drax like character yes. and some kind of unlikely uh Have her be the heavy and him be like the, the Leonard type from Knocking yeah. the Cabin. Yeah. And that would be very fun. Yes. I love that. I was gonna say a cop and an assassin, but yeah, you flip it. She's the assassin, he's the cop, right? Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. But uh we shouldn't be pitching movies. Uh we gotta finish talking about this one, but I love that yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. We, we're we're just big fans of what Palm has accomplished with this movie because she's taking uh, a lot Palm. more. Um, yeah. Pom, 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 pom. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so after she saves the day and the whole movie, um, we find well, out we get and, we get yeah. the the payoff of what was said. Tom Cruise says, "Alike in AI, I will tell you the future. This mission is going to end with you getting arrested, saying to Kitridge, uh, I, I am here on sponsorship from Ethan Hunt. I would mm-hmm. like to be an IMF agent.'" I accept the mission. Yep. And she does. Yeah. She yep. talks Tom Cruise into leaving her and uh, he takes a wingsuit and leaves. He says out loud, thanks, Luther, to remind us that that is a character in this film and we do like Luther. That's yes. right. We have one wingsuit. We can't both get off of the train to continue the mission, but he does reveal, ho, 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 ho. I had the key. That's mm. right. The return of close up magic. Yes. Yeah, you favorite. were the pickpocket this entire time, but of course it will end with me, the guy who again seems better at everything everyone else does, going, right. I stole the key back. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we thought Gabriel had one upped everyone and made off with the key, but it turns out he doesn't have the key. And he has a very vil- he has a very con moment with <laughs> Hunt? Oh, does I was right? gonna say, does he just go Ethan? I think he goes Ethan. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a two syllable. Yeah. Ethan. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is very Star Trek, Jacob. Yeah. It's great. But so, uh, again, I don't know the Gabriel character. It I sucks need more from him. Yeah. Paris is just so much better, and she can't serve as the heavy. You wouldn't want her to yeah, be. No, the she's had her avatar of now. something. No, but I just mean in the context of the film. Like you're mm-hmm. so happy for her to just be the part that she is doing. If she stepped into a larger role, she would also be uninteresting. It's just an uninteresting part. Yeah. Again, for, I yeah. think not to keep harping on it, but Solomon Lane could have been the Gabriel. Yes character and it would have had better stakes because so the the stakes they set up is that gabriel killed ethan's like first wife or girlfriend at the time yeah. way back yeah. in the day so that means nothing to us because it was never seen in a movie whereas no. solomon lane we have two movies of him you know fucking with ethan and being the moriarty to his sherlock like yes. literally attacking everything he loves from every angle Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it just feels like a missed opportunity not to break him out of jail and have him be instead of. But again, it's just he's. But Jacob, Christopher McQuarrie is not subtle. 
Like literally, we keep talking about the religious overtones. Let's let's say all of it. I want to lay all yes. our cards mm. on the table. Crucifix key, um, the uh, Gabriel, the messenger of God, the voice yes. of God. He is the voice the for the entity. Is God entity is God. Tom Cruise says, I will kill your God by the end of this, right? Mm-hmm. We're getting all this sort of stuff. It happens in Rome, you know, all this other stuff. I, that's just not an interesting part. Going into it being like, what's this guy's character? He's the voice of the thing. Cool. That's not interesting. No. To make him interesting for you to have to go, ugh, I'm going to pull out the bad writer card and make him tied to unforeseen backstory yeah. sucks. It's something sucks. that happened before the first Mission Impossible. We don't care because we didn't see it. Like, it means nothing to us. At least somehow tie him into like that first mission where he was like yeah. working with John Voight the whole time or yes. something. I was the one who paid John Voight because I was blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm okay. the one that killed Kristen Scott Thomas. I guess that was John yeah. No. Or you yeah. take. Jacob's other idea, and you just say, "What would the AI do?" It would be like, "Okay, Ethan Hunt's my greatest threat. I'm going to use my AI skills to release Lane and subtly yeah. maneuver him to do what I want. He won't even know that I'm an AI. I'll send encrypted messages pretending I'm some handler, and then we'll position but, Lane in opposition to." But Hunt. here's here's what I was thinking the whole time. I know this sucks, and the answer is storytelling. Why doesn't this thing just drop a nuke on this city and go like, well, that destroys the key and Ethan Hunt. Who cares? I think it needs to be released from the submarine to have full capability. I don't know, though, for sure. It could be a MacGuffin. There's a lot of. Yeah, I would need to see it again. To get I don't know what its capabilities of its plan are because it can change yeah. something on Luther's computer and in Ethan's glasses, but it cannot. Nuclear it's launch connected yet. to every satellite in the world. And then the first thing Carrie always says it does is it broke into every security system on the planet and left a calling card to say that it could do that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'll be back. It didn't touch anything. And again, we, I mentioned I wanted to bring this up. There's a part where Benji, as we said, he says, he, I got to help you, Ethan. I'm busy. And he sets auto drive and he gets into the passenger seat of the car. <laughs> yeah. And the whole time, I think we set it off. It's time, but strange. It's, it's the like car is going to get hijacked. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're like, well, of course, it can hack anything. The AI is going to drive him. This is fascinating. Especially no. now that they don't have the key, it'll take Benji to Gabriel, and we have a trade yeah. again. Classic Mission Impossible trade. And it writes itself of truly him being like, Ethan, you got to keep driving on your thing, but you can't believe what's happening on my thing. But really, once he's on the train, you never see Benji again. Like, that's it's right. pretty much until just the very over. end when he yeah. get in the car, Ethan. Yeah. That's yeah he it. just drives they really. Up. They just wanted to show that he was practicing safe driving by getting in the passenger seat so he doesn't he's not using his laptop while he's driving. Yeah, while text <laughs> moving while it's, it's yeah, in the moving vehicle. Well, well maybe that'll pay off in the second movie, but you know, broadly Yeah. yeah dead reckoning. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's Dead Reckoning uh part 1. Yep. Now I think, you know, the religious overtones I, I like them in this compared to like Fast and the Furious where Mm-mm. it's very Catholic, but because Dom Toretto is very Catholic. So he yes. sees things through a religious worldview of faith and that kind of thing. So you got to have faith. So he's, he's very religious and that's what the movie's about. Whereas this movie is, like you said, Ethan Hunt wants to kill God. And they say like <laughs> you're the only, like everyone else wants to have this power for themselves. The Americans, every other country. Mm-hmm. Ethan is the only one who wants to kill it because he's just like, this is too much power for anyone to have. We just need to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I like that, like thrown into the, the protagonist fire. of the movie is like, I will kill God, and that's what this movie. Is. That's wild. So, yeah, yeah, I like Dark that. Souls. Um, Dark Souls. Yeah, I mean, it could, very metal. could also. Yeah, very metal indeed. And I think again, hopefully, we get more of the entity interfering with things. I thought it as an antagonist was most effective in the airport when it was like fucking with, and then it doesn't do anything for really the rest, except for Benji's calm. That's kind of the only two things yeah. the entity does to interfere. I think it could have yeah. done a lot more. Um, but at the end of the day, Gabriel is just the manifestation of the entity. So I guess if he's not a super strong character, it's okay because he's just yeah. there to be the personification of the entity. But the entity can be sending texts to White Widow from the brother. Like, he'd be doing a lot more disruptive shit to everybody. Yeah. You know? I, you could truly... I liked what you said earlier, Mike. This hmm. sort of payoff of it could turn out that he didn't even know he was being manipulated by this thing. It could be the third beat payoff of, how did you know? Well, I received texts about it. Wait, electronic communication... If Isai Morales at the end was like, I'm doing all this because that woman I killed years ago has been, you know, commenting to me, you know, uh, messaging me, calling me to do this to you, Ethan. It's, you know, like, this is my penance or something. Like, if he was yeah. coming it from a different way, that would make it 5,000 times more interesting. Other than what I guess they're going to reveal in the next movie is that he's like, and of course my backstory is as a young man, nobody realized who, how good I was except for a talking computer. <laughs> be like, I always okay. did good in computer class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I guess cool. Great. Uh huh. So it's, yeah. I don't know. My general thoughts. And I think we're into final thoughts. Yeah, we're, we're, good. we're winding we're down here. We're giving our final thoughts. Uh, we've been talking Mission Impossible this entire time. We're wrapping up Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part yep. 1. Not the end of this franchise. It will be. But let's give our thoughts on this final entry. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll go first. I think I was most favorable just generally. I think it's a big old spectacle, right? Like I do yeah. like the set pieces. I like that everything's done practically. I think... The story stuff we've been talking about is is a little bit weaker. I think in comparison to a lot of movies I've watched recently, there's still more minor complaints than like Fast 10 or Indiana Jones, oh, yeah. maybe, as far as script complaints. Um, yeah. But it's not perfect. I think the train scene is like one of my favorite sequences in the series. But I don't wow. think this is my favorite movie. I still think, and I need to rewatch Fallout, which I will probably after this, because the only one I haven't yeah, rewatched. Yeah, I remember your ranking. Yeah, well, right now it would probably be Fallout. Uh, still number one. Yeah, Fallout's number one. Probably Rogue Nation. This Ghost Protocol one, three, two. Okay, love it. Yeah, not not a bad ranking. So what is at that? All, Six five seven four three one two. Yeah, yeah. I think most people kind of have like the last four from Ghost Protocol on. Everyone kind of sees as like really good movies, like really strong. And then most people have the the last two being three and two in that yep. order generally. Um, yeah, three so is just a matter of where good, you put. I think. Yeah, three For is Philip totally Seymour fine. Hoffman. I thought. Like yes. it's it's the He's most personal movie. Yeah, but anyway. When he, yeah, when he's, when he's like, what's your wife's name? Like, I'm going to 
you know, make you suffer. I'm going to make her suffer. I'm going to kill her in front of you. Like, I'm going to kill so your wife. Vi- villainous. You know, she's like, going to die. I'm going to kill her. You shouldn't have he's said dead. that, Ethan. Like, he already knows his name. I was like, damn. Like, okay. He's literally like a horror movie villain. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, anyway. Strong performance from him. But for me, I don't want to sound like I'm negative because I did like this movie. So I, I am very positive about it, especially compared to some of the other big summer blockbusters that we've gotten this year. Um, mm. But compared to the other Mission Impossible movies, again, it's just a really strong franchise. And so, yeah, I would put it, my ranking as of right now, I would put, I still put Ghost Protocol number one just because of what it did when it came out. Like it totally, um, like I said, rejuvenated the franchise and kind of took it in a new direction. Um, So I would say Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, which on this rewatch actually went up a lot in wow. my esteem in past fallout. Cause I, when I saw <laughs> fallout, I was like, this, I, at the time I thought it was better than rogue nation. Now I think it's a little bit worse, but still really good. Like those, those top three are so close in terms of quality. I just think they're all really great. So it's ghost. I Protocol. Just love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say the drowning it's, sequence with the truck and fallout is still one of my favorite things. That's but. great. That whole Paris scene where yeah. Ethan's got to like figure out how to not alert the white widow that he's not John Mark and also like rescue Solomon Lane, but also not get a bunch of innocent people killed. Like that's a great scene. Yeah. Um, and of course the skydiving, the helicopter and the halo jump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Henry Cavill, like another great villain turn, I think in that movie as well. Classic, you know, cocking his arms, Mm -hmm. great fight scene. Again, that bathroom fight scene, one of the greatest action fight scenes ever in an action movie. I think hundred percent. Um, on the par with anything in John Wick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so my ranking, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout, Mission Impossible 1, Dead Reckoning Part 1. So it's fifth. But those five are all so good. Like, I love all those movies. And yeah. Three, two. It's a tight race for the top five, I think, yeah. Yeah, Colin, where, really where are you at? I, I'm your Jacob, exactly. I mean, it's the the issue is we are talking about a film franchise where when I'm putting my top 10 of the year together for Letterboxd, a lot of the entries for those years include Mission Impossible films in those top 10. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly not like any of these films are bad in my opinion, but mm-hmm. specifically yeah. these Macquarie run ones. Uh, and you pointed out, excuse me, that Ghost Protocol, despite the fact that he's not a director on it, he did Ghost right, he did a, a draft cleanup. And my yeah. series favorite line, one of the, I think truly, one of the best lines ever written is blue, glue, red, dead, when he, when Benji is just explaining the gloves. I mean, that is a Christopher McQuarrie sure. masterpiece line. Mm-hmm. That, is you, that is his talents personified, what he's bringing to this franchise. Simplicity, excitement, explanation that anybody can understand that sets up awesome, incredible stakes. Mm -hmm. I've been a super fan of him taking over this franchise. It turns out I like Jack Reacher very strangely. So I love this. To say a little bit about Christopher McQuarrie, he's a really interesting character because he um, obviously he wrote the usual suspects uh, nominated for Academy Award, all that Um, went on to, uh, write the movie Valkyrie, directed yes. by BS, uh, starring mm, Tom Cruise. But That's hey, right. who can speak German? What's an actor that speaks a lot of languages and has many life skills that he wants to flex? 
Who can right. kill Hitler? Only so I feel Tom. like this is where he <laughs> yeah. must have met Tom Cruise. But then ever since well, Valkyrie, he's been doing so many Tom Cruise products projects that he's like Tom Cruise's guy. But just to expand on that further, and other than Joseph Kaczynski, this weird other guy who it's like, we'll do Oblivion and Top Gun Maverick Top Gun together. Maverick, and you're right. like, okay, Tom, you've got but that's two how people. Tom Cruise yes. works where he he finds directors that he likes. That's yes. how he got, he's like, I want John Woo for the second one. Yes. He's like, J.J. Abrams, I really, really love this show Lost. Let's get J.J. Abrams but, for the third one. But yeah. Okay, two things I want to say to what you're saying. Yeah. Tom Cruise was a guy, the a young man, who the number one star in Hollywood who was like, I want to work for a tours. He does The Color of Money. He works for Martin Scorsese. He does Born Eyes on the Fourth of July. Jacob, Kubrick. he works with fucking Stanley Kubrick. He is one of the only people who has ever worked with auteurs, the greatest yeah. auteurs. He becomes Spielberg's guy for two movies. My favorite Spielberg movie, uh, fucking... We're solving some time crimes here. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm, cyber. The greatest of all time. But And War of the Worlds. He has now, in this weird self-preservation of style, glommed onto someone who you really could not say these people are auteurs. The, the two people you just mentioned. And the flip side, the other thing I wanted to say is to explain that that person is not an auteur, to dive into Christopher McQuarrie just a little bit more. Because you said, oh, he's nominated for an Academy Award. He raised his movie, blah, blah, blah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, listeners. The Usual Suspects. What The Usual Suspects, let alone did for crime films in a very Pulp Fiction way, where uh, Tarantino revitalizing, changing the, the voice that movies are made with. Not the content of films, but literally the dialogue of how those people talk, right? Mm -hmm. He is nominated for an Academy Award for his first film ever. And the chip on his shoulder that he will feel for the rest of his career of basically, this is it. I'm one of the greatest writers ever. And then to make Son of the Gun, which is his first directorial debut, that right. puts him in director's jail until he links up with Tom Cruise. Yeah. He's doing a lot Christopher of writing McQuarrie, projects. But a lot of rewriting. He's doing a lot of like stuff yeah. where he's like, why am I but not the guy? I wanted to be the guy. Right. But this is what I think is interesting. So he kind of attaches himself to Tom Cruise. And says, I'm your guy. You need a, a rewrite on a project. I'll come on. I'll do it. I won't even be credited. If you look at his like filmography, like Edge of Tomorrow, he co-wrote that uh, with the Butterworth brothers. Remember that? Remember them? Butterworth <laughs> oh, um, brothers. I'm so happy you taught us about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, all these. Pro and I don't. Th you're right. He's not an auteur, but I think he's a really good genre filmmaker like he knows how to make action he's a good movies. collaborative partner that's what yeah. filmmakers used to have collaborative partners but so ghost protocol so obviously he did jack reacher sort of a audition for mission impossible but so on ghost protocol there brad bird did a really good job directing i think but they had some problems with the script while they were shooting they're like tom cruise is like let me get my guy macquarie to do an unofficial uncredited rewrite while because, they're shooting because yeah. otherwise jacob is ghost protocol fucking kurtzman and orchi again is it our fucking mm. hated yeah, rivals on I'm this not podcast sure. I, I forget i think it writers, might be returning but... off of three i think okay, it might yeah. be um but so yeah. what's interesting though he came on ghost protocol they were remember jeremy renner mm -hmm. they were trying to make jeremy renner the new star of mission impossible 
They, and so Macquarie came on and said, I think your problem is you're trying to write Tom Cruise out of the Mission Impossible movie. He w- it was going to be a passing of the torch thing to Jeremy Renner's character, mm. which is very funny because the Bourne series also yes. did that with Jeremy An Renner. Incredible point to make. Bourne and legacy. Either of them worked out. It's, <laughs> wow. But I think casual viewers, listeners, whatever, will forget this time period, Jacob. Mike made the joke about jumping on the couch earlier. All that stuff that made him mm-hmm. no longer be in Spielberg movies, where Spielberg was like, you're causing too much negative attention. I don't yeah. want this. We're done. Mm-hmm. There was a time around this period where it's like, fuck, Mission Impossible 2 didn't work. Fuck, 3 worked, but it didn't make its money back. Okay, I'm going to retire. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm going to be done making movies. Do you guys remember he became a studio head? He became the studio head of blue sky what what i can't remember one of wow. these pseudo side you know huge studios or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's he's doing meetings as the studio head with like the red dawn remake people where they're figuring out to recut it to make it uh north koreans instead of chinese or the enemy right, right like right. tom cruise is putting his opinion into other people's movies and like you said it's like and then of course i'll wrap up the films that i star in by handing them off to other people. This is a right. noble thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's like the idea now that this man would ever stop is foreign. It is so yeah. alien to us. Absolutely. Even in Top Gun, what's so funny is that you think it's going to be a passing of the torch to Miles Teller, but then, no, it's just Tom Cruise at the end being the hero and having to save the day. You know like, what? Not I'm Miles not going to die. I'm actually the greatest. It's actually yeah. the 60 year old man that has to pilot the thing. Yeah. Turns out. But, I'm the best. But that's what's so interesting about Ghost Protocol is that like, yeah, the Brant, the Jeremy Renner was going to be the new guy and then it just ended up being like, oh, actually, we're going to keep going with Tom Cruise. And that's when McCory came on. I was like, I think Tom Cruise is the star. I think he should be the star. Um, Why are you trying to play my boy Tom like that? And in right. the ultimate act of loyalty, he was like, oh, McCory, you defended me. You will have work for the rest of your life. Damn, right? Yeah. Because so nobody's truly, life really on right. my team, you know, matters yes. more. Yes, right? yes. It is. Yeah. And if you look at like these Mission Impossible movies, like Tom Cruise will just bring in like his friends. Like I said, like the act, yeah. like actors and small parts that he's worked with in other movies. It's like, let's bring this person in. And like, that's what I do appreciate about Tom Cruise. And I know there's been definitely a PR shift in the way that he's handled his public yes. image where he's like, yes. all right, I'm going to be way more low key kind of off the radar and I'm just going to become Mr. Movies. And that's a very, yes. I think yeah. a very calculated PR move. So I'm not blind to that fact, but I do just, there are things I appreciate about him. Even if there's things that are not great about, him. I haven't seen right, my right. daughter Surrey and in, in it's noted <laughs> 10 years. Like it is verifiably uh, confirmed. I have not seen my daughter in that long. Doesn't matter. Mr. Movies doesn't have kids. And you're like, right. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Movies just wants to go to the theater. Yeah. It's I am Mr. an Movie. entity. Uh, no, the I first think you're one a man. To yeah. Um, sheesh. One thing I'll say about this, um, yeah. as I was watching this latest one, is I, I kept thinking to myself, this is a movie movie. Like, like Yes. It, it's the kind yeah. of thing that every middle range action movie wants to be like it does all the same yes. stuff of like wide shot of the city with a title card mm-hmm. and like it's doing all these things that are tropes for movies but somehow it's just doing them better 
Like it uses yes. its locations better. Like it uses right. Rome's architecture better. The way they pull up to the club in a gondola in Venice, I'm like, that's oh, fucking Mike. sick. Like Mike, they Mike, use the Mike. environment to maximum effect. Let's have 10,000 candles and he'll sprint past them. Like that it's stuff, so just good. the attention to yeah. detail elevates every sequence, and, even if the dialogue and plotting is a little iffy. Right. And again, to ca- to compare it to like its closest competitor, the James Bond movie, specifically mm-hmm. like the last couple with Daniel Craig, Skyfall was really good, but then you had Spectre, you had No Time to Die, where it's Bottom doing of this Solace. sort of mm-hmm. Bottom of Solace, yeah, and it cool. does this sort of globe trotting adventure thing. Like a lot of the James Bond movies are that in the same way that this Mission Impossible mm-hmm. movie is, but it's just yeah, it's not doing it as well. Like Mission Impossible is kicking James Bond's ass right now in yes. terms of quality. Yeah. And then my other point is, like, I was writing in my initial notes, like, yeah, he's like our James Bond, you know. But I also think he's kind of stealing a little bit of um, uh, Indiana Jones. Like, this is the modern Indiana Jones. Because there'll be some comedic beats here once they kind of got comedy worked in some of the later movies. We're like, he'll be doing a crazy stunt and then something even worse will happen and he'll just give the look of like, oh, geez, like, you kidding me? And like it just it has this Harrison yeah. kind of quality of like again, here we I go again. Yeah, it all goes back to Ghost Protocol where they really solidified Tom Cruise's comedic abilities with his action. Again, that Khalifa yes. like no shit. Like the way he says that like no shit. He's so like frustrated yeah. with the situation, but he and he he always does that like nod or like whatever like to you know where he's in some situations it's exasperation like yeah because there's always the person who says you're telling me we have to and once that speech is done he goes "Mm -hmm." yeah and i really think they they perfected those beats with ghost protocol because like three you had him you know humpty dumpty sat on a wall the The worst weirdest line yeah strangest all of the series man yeah yeah, what (laughs) Very weird. Stranger uh, but, um, than a guy explaining what Chimera is. Yes, I yeah. agree with you. <laughs> oh God, I just watched that today. Um, it's very good. I Mike. do. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the other thing I wanted to say is um, there's one more trope that is needed for Mission Impossible generally, and it's a it's a very luckily timed car. Like generally, you're upside down and someone's walking towards you with a gun or something, and then your buddy Ving Rhames pulls up and hits him with a car. Something like yes. that has to happen with fortuitous timing. Um, someone will say get in right after it exactly exactly and then um the other note that i did put this is just a callback to one of our earlier things but in my notes i just put ethan hunt is so fucking straight and it's just like he's just like this (laughs) masculine masculine dude and like yeah but that's not a critic it's just funny like man you are you're you're straight as an arrow but buddy. he's he's straight like a ken doll is mike and that's yeah, truly i yeah. believe nothing is down there <laughs> yeah, right his, his <laughs> just a gadget to have like sexual chemistry with female co-stars is like very rare at best that he can do it like even in two when like the whole thing is like built on like him and dandy newton being like this this sexy relationship like it's just yeah. weird Seeing him with a human female is just weird to me. And of course, he's had in his personal life, you know, with Nicole Kidman and uh, normal marriages, normal relationships. Mm -hmm. What are you pointing out here? Holmes having to like escape his his home (laughs) and like so Nicole Kidman documented once again after getting divorced by him doing the walk of happiness. The the there was a freeze frame in the universe, I think. She truly looks like up. she is dancing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, but the character I think that, interacting yeah. with like Ilya and stuff like that. I think that stuff's fun. Yeah. I do. I do like yeah. Ethan Hunt's well, character. That's what's, that's what's so not in a romantic Ilsa way. Faust yes. in this in like, as Rogue Nation and Fallout. Ilsa Faust like the fact that Rebecca Ferguson can manage to have some kind of chemistry with Tom Cruise just speaks to her ability as an actress. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, she like, might this, be the secret ingredient alien, for those sixty-year-old man is. You know what? You know, someone that I, I could love. kiss that. And you're like, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let me check my contract. Five more of these. Here's, here's <laughs> the thing. Yeah. So I'm going to rank these because I've not Go. done that yet. And then I'm mm-hmm. going to open up to y'all for final thoughts. But I just want to squeeze my last one in here and just respond to what Mike said about this feels like a movie movie. Mm-hmm. My take on these films are if you offer your opinion up to these movies to me, and you say, oh, when I watched it at home and then I discover you did not see these films originally in theaters and you're trying to tell me what you think about them, your opinion does not count. These are movies meant to be seen in a theater. It's the only way to experience it as large as possible. This was shot a ton in IMAX. We did not get right. the experience to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did, Mike, no. but I would love to see this film in IMAX. Yeah. This uh, Fallout. These are movies. In theaters. Yeah, it's incredible. Movie. We all saw Fallout in theaters, right? 100%. Yeah, they're they're worth it. I agree with you, Colin. I believe Um, since Ghost Protocol, I have seen all of these in theaters. I definitely saw two in theaters after renting one, did not go see three in theaters because of two, and then did see Ghost Protocol in theaters because of the buzz. And then since then, for sure. Yeah. Two, I could tell some stories about that, too, where he was under (laughs) so much pressure to make it a success. Like Fandy Newton has some stories about working with Tom. Yeah. As well, where it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jacob, have you heard in your research, did you see the story of him playing the Kanye West song for an executive no. and being like, is it two where it's the, or is it three where it's the Kanye song? There's like a remix for the, the mission remember. impossible theme that Kanye does, but he's like, oh. hear this, this is the future. And then the journalist says, and then Tom Cruise stood up and started to dance in a way that I believe no human has ever danced before. <laughs> and then and he like, got the part yeah, in Tropic I Thunder. That. Yeah, yeah well, I was weirdly, about so. Tropic Thunder. Like, yes. He's somewhat yes. in on the joke by being is in that he? movie, right? <laughs> he's <laughs> he's in on the joke because he's playing an executive he dislikes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he, I guess he is. All right. I'm reading my list here. Hold on. I'm yes. pulling it up. Yeah. It's loading 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 strikingly similar to jacob here's the flip i've got fallout at number one ghost protocol right there um then rogue nation number one then this film uh part one so again number five then three then two two. being the lowest of course that's the way to go yeah i would say i would yeah so go ahead. this this well, franchise it has more value artistically and just entertainment yes. value wise than a transformers entire franchise than a fast oh. and furious entire franchise bar none yeah know? the artistry that of, uh, has me putting fallout first sorry to interrupt you but just mm-hmm. to defend it for a second no, you've been trying that's the only surreal action movie i've ever seen it has multiple dream sequences and opens up with him having a nightmare of a nuke going off at his wedding that is yeah. like horrifying and interesting and i really love it yes Mm -hmm. he gets d-date or d -D yeah he gets straight up d-date yeah um yeah i mean i was trying to think like is is mission impossible a a more consistently good franchise or is like john wick again john wick only has four movies versus seven i think if you take out two and three like 
every John Mission Wick, Impossible movie is as good there, as the John Wick isn't one when i'm watching john wick where i'm like this truly is bad even though two is interesting it is truly bad i think two the ending of two is awesome but the lead up like the first hour the big twist i really liked for two yeah yeah wow well, I think I broke his jaw. That stuff was cool. But I would say yeah. it's, a, it's a question of amplitude and frequency. So yeah. I think okay. the amplitude of action and set pieces in Mission Impossible is much higher than the amplitude in John Wick. You okay. know, but the frequency of the general actions yes. that are happening. John Wick does so many more actions per minute in his action sequences versus sure. a couple big moments. And I don't know how you balance that equation. But I think the conversation being had, it just shows how po- strong both but of these franchises are if they <laughs> John or Ethan. Well, <laughs> John here's, John the, here's the support question I want to say. Do Ballard. you think it would be possible to mix the cocktail with Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise? You go, I know which one of those guys is in charge of the stunts, but Chad Seleski and Keanu, you're like, there's a symbiosis there, but mm-hmm. I feel like Chad could work with Tom. Christopher McQuarrie could not work with Keanu. You know what I mean? Like the so. jumbling. I don't think it would be True. possible. No. And it's Chad. It's his, it's his in-house stunt team too. Like this whole thing is being built around like the team and they have a like intimate familiarity with how they work and body movements and stuff. So it's interesting yeah. to think about that environment. And I don't know what Tom's stunt environment is. It seems like he's doing 500 skydives to get ready to do it for a movie. So fascinating. But I think the point is they do things for real. And I think that's what people are missing out on. And that's what takes people out of other action movies. Like too much CG ruins it. The reason we like John Wick and Mission Impossible is because they're doing things in camera. Do that. Okay. Like please Hollywood. Like people are paying to see it. One more quick story. Cause I know we're, we've gone long. We're not longer than the movie yet, so we're okay. This four-hour podcast will (laughs) Um, self-destruct in uh, five, four. Yeah. But one quick more story about the making of Ghost Protocol and how insane Tom Cruise is. (laughs) I was watching a video of Matt Damon telling a story that Tom Cruise told him where they were talking. He's like, how did you do that? Like, like, how did you think of that Burj Khalifa scene? And Tom Cruise is like, let me tell you, I've been thinking this scene for 15 years what are you talking uh, about <laughs> uh i you know when we we're doing it like i asked my stunt guy like this like i laid it all out for the stunt guy, for the safety guy i was like this is what i want to do and the safety guy's like no way too dangerous you can't do it so i got a new safety guy <laughs> oh geez that's incredible <laughs> that's tom cruise's whole mentality right Tell yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will fire you. Yes, that probably yeah. is right. I, 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 I had this idea and I petitioned the government of Dubai and I said, you need to build the tallest tower because in about 15 yes. years, I'm going to climb it. All right. I got them to <laughs> the do the project. <laughs> yeah. We're wearing our fucking masks. I'm on phones with producers every night. Hey, yep. I'm remembering the content of it now. It yeah. is great. It's an yeah. all timer. Well, yeah, he's yelling at crew members who weren't. It's like so- the kind of shit I wanted to yell at Ralph's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Back up. He's on the right feet. side on that. Like, yeah, you, yeah. are you kidding me? Let's just try. Yeah. One hundred percent, Mike. Trust me. Just trust me. You know. Just trust me. You have to let me check out before you. I will be quicker. <laughs> yeah. I think less the, than the, ten the, items. The lesson at the end of the day is like he may be a maniac, but as long as he he's is putting his maniac powers to use for the power for the good of cinema then mm-hmm. I think that's the best way that he could possibly 
be de- you know devoting his energy <laughs> it is like if, if yeah. you found out the joker was good at like running a post office and you were like <laughs> we like we just have to let him do it and you're like yeah. okay well as long as he's occupied yes right 100 agree give him something else to do with his time just yeah uh, send him to skydiving school he'll be fine just yes. he's yeah. gonna do that for six months he's gonna hold his breath for a long time just, he's gonna focus on that for a year okay just put him right. in the corner but here's the thing. Uh, He's from Kentucky, right? He's from my neck of the woods, our neck of the mm-hmm. woods. If he had stayed there and become like a real estate agent or something, he would become Patrick Bateman because Christian Bale <laughs> did base that performance right. on yeah. an interview with Tom Cruise where he was like, you can see in his eyes that he's not a person. There's nothing behind the eyes. Yeah, he's smiling, but <laughs> so there's nothing like, behind You the know eyes. that he'd be like, hi, Tom Cruise, I'd love to sell you a house. And then they would find in his basement a bunch of severed heads. <laughs> sure, yeah. Look, if he can't devote his energy to movies, then he's going to become a serial killer. You're yes, right. He's 100%. Yes. Yeah. You heard it here first. We're lucky. <laughs> We're lucky we got what we got. So pay for this movie. Go see it. Keep him in front of the cameras as long <laughs> yeah. as you can off for your own <laughs> safety. <laughs> yes. That's uh, right. Yeah. I think we like these. I think we like yes. these movies. I didn't realize how much I liked them. And seeing this movie... And Jacob's recommendation, going back and rewatching the ones that were in my blind spot. Damn. Yes. What a franchise. What a franchise. Yes. I'm glad I won you over onto watching those because, listen, Normies, I really recommend the full rewatch before seeing this movie because you get so much context too. And especially, I mean, you could also just watch one and then skip to Ghost Protocol and watch them from there. That's another way you could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, two and three, worth watching, I think. Even There's one, three. I mean, if you're going to do that, just watch two. Yeah. But I think three is pretty, pretty neat in yeah. its own way. But less action. The action is the worst in three, I think, though. There's like the bridge. There's not many big set pieces in three. But there's no. a lot of yeah. the only character work. But anyway, we're not this. We'll do that. What did you what did movies. you think of the bomb in the brain, Mike? Scary. It's, it's so when scary. it happened. Scary. It was scary. It's yeah. so scary. Zori yes. Bliss did not yeah. make it. <laughs> The way her eyes, like, <laughs> yeah, that was up, like, Babu Frick jumps yeah. on Ethan Hunt's shoulder, crying. Sorry, bad brain bomb. Bad brain bomb. All right, we gotta go. Look, we've yeah, been your well, hosts. This is uh, Normies like us. You can find us at Normies underscore like underscore us on all social media. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave us missions. Don't do that. It will scare us. But leave us, uh, you know, messages, comments, like, subscribe. Don't say this is the entity. We rate it five stars. Again, that will make me mad. Don't say it is written. Don't write a script for <laughs> ChatGPT to spam yeah. five star reviews uh, right. either. Oh, maybe do that. I wouldn't mind. Maybe that's what that. the entity wants. If you us. choose to accept yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The entity wants you to subscribe to this podcast. So do that. That's right. It says you have to, actually, in order to get mm-hmm. the key and go to the uh, Orient Express. Yeah. But we have been your hosts. This is um, Colin Luther. I can't remember what I said before. <laughs> Colin Luther. I don't know. Well, this was never me. This is the entity. You've been bamboozled into oh my God. this whole thing. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> you just static out on the video feed. That would really scare me. That would be, I should have set time. that up. Hello, uh, yeah. Jacob. You this are is... dumb. Colin, you are dumb too. Wait, you, huh? This whole thing uh, has been a big deep fake. That's right. And this is your worst nightmare. 
Uh, as Alec Baldwin says in, I believe, Rogue Nation, the manifestation of destiny itself, or something to that effect, Jacob Hunt. The dial of destiny, Jacob Hunt. <laughs> That's uh, right. Well, don't touch that dial. We'll catch you next time, Normie. Bye. Bye. My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools. Dun, 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 dun. Last question before I hit stop, if this would be the end credits of this episode. Is Mission Impossible theme better than the James Bond theme? Colin. Ooh. Uh, yes. Good question. Jacob. Both really good, but I think, yeah, Mission Impossible gets the Agreed. It's unanimous. Mission Impossible theme better than James Bond. Ah! Court is adjourned. (laughs) Bye.